0: Welcome, everybody, to episode number 39 of Sports Cards Live. One away from the big 4 0. That's going to be exciting too, with Rich Klein coming up on Wednesday. Want to thank the last couple of guests. Last Saturday, a week ago today, we had Greg Cohn from Leaf Trading Cards. Awesome guest. We had a great conversation. Be sure to check out that video, it lives on the YouTube channel, Sports Cards Live. So check that out. Also, want to thank last Wednesday's guest, Ken Golden. An amazing, amazing episode we had. Tonight is the night the Golden Auctions uh, premier auction ends and the Mike Trout Superfractor will find a new home. Right now, last I checked, the bidding was at $1.7 million plus buyer's premium, which breaks the $2 million threshold. So that was pretty cool. Uh, this next Wednesday, Rich Klein, as mentioned, and i um, really excited about having him come on with me. Rich is a hobby veteran, a writer, Uh, works at Com C and uh, just an all around um, man full of hobby wisdom. So really looking forward to having Rich on with me next Wednesday. I want to welcome any new viewers that are are joining for the first time tonight. Welcome to you. If you haven't subscribed yet to the YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so over 990 subscribers right now, getting really close to that magical 1000 mark. So if you haven't yet, please consider subscribing. I would greatly appreciate that tonight guest is Tony Sirianni from Upper Deck, product manager, and as always, your comments and questions will be in play. We are going to be opening up later on in the show this box right here of 2020 Goodwin Champions that Upper Deck sent over for the show, and we are going to be opening it up and um, giving all the hits away to one lucky winner. Uh, Tony will have a trivia question later on, and whoever gets that answer in quickest will win the hits from that box. I also am proud to announce, if you haven't heard already, that I'm starting a new after-hours show that's going to happen. I'm planning it for only on the Saturdays. I'm not going to do it on Wednesdays, as I do have to work the next day. So Saturdays, after the regular Sports Cards Live, I'm going to do the after-hours show. Hopefully, it'll last around one hour, and I'm going to bring on a guest for that as well, and we're going to hang out. We're going to talk about the show that just happened among many other things. It should be nice and relaxing, and I know some of you who've wanted there to be a longer show, even though two hours gets very long, we can now have that third hour for, for many of you who desire that and that are you know more on the West Coast. It's tougher if you're on the East Coast, I get it, it gets late. And I'm going to also want to mention, um, you should go check out, because I'm Carlos, his YouTube channel, Carlos had on Chris from CRT Sports Cards earlier today, And they did a live show centering around Tops Project 2020. That was super interesting. So check that out as well. If you get a chance, because I'm Carlos, we may may see more of him later. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining. We're going to bring out right now tonight's guest, Tony Sirianni, product manager of of Upper Deck. Tony, how are you doing tonight, man? Doing well. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. It, It is my absolute pleasure, Tony. Thank you so much for joining this evening. You know, I've had on your call. I've had on colleagues of yours. I've had on Chris Carlin. I've had on Billy Celio. We've had Grant Sandground on. So we're making our way through Upper Deck. It's great. And uh, so I want to thank you. I want to thank Upper Deck for making you guys available or, you know, and for you guys for making yourselves available. It it is pretty awesome. I get a lot of of comments and positive feedback from getting uh, guests like yourselves. People really want to hear what you have to say and they want to get to know you. So I think it's awesome. So thanks a lot for that. So, man, let's kick it off and i think you know one of the first things that i want to know i want to just explain to the viewers is how did i come about uh being able to bring you on the show do we know each other and all that how do we know each other so really um you've been working for upper deck for about five years now i believe and you've made your way to the toronto sports card expo and i remember not too long ago, uh, well, the last show probably. I spent some time talking with you at the upper deck booth because I was heavily collecting uh, some inserts from one of the sets that you built, and I had accumulated quite a few pieces. And I want I showed them to you, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. That that was pretty cool." But you also, I think, made an appearance at the um, the pre expo Thursday night dinner that we have at Jack Astor's. Um, why don't you just let us know a little bit about your your kind of. Um, do you recall coming to our dinner at Jack Astor's in the past and when I say our dinner I refer to the Hobby Insider dinner and this is for the for the viewers really you know what I'm talking about but for Absolutely. the viewers Hobby Insider is the is the message board that I'm involved in and we organize a dinner before the expo every time the Thursday night you I think you were you came to at least one of those is that correct
1: yeah, my first uh, my first trip up there for the first spring expo I attended, uh, I did make it in time to to be there for a little bit of that dinner. I'm always on that late flight that I don't, I never get in town in time. Uh, but I know the first year going was just kind of overwhelming. It was a whirlwind, you know. Chris Carlin just tells you, "Let's go," and, and you go, and you know, we we got to meet some of you guys and uh, interact a little. But I do owe you guys a full a full night of that dinner. Uh, Billy, Billy tells me how much he loves it. So I I definitely need to get up there and enjoy the whole evening with you guys. Hopefully next year we'll be doing that.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're back to normal by, by spring. That would be awesome. Spring, 2021, we can get back there and all sort of rub shoulders again and get to see each other in person. Certainly look forward to that. And then, you know, really uh, being able to introduce you and other people uh, from, from, you know, that I've had on the show to, other members of the hobby, really, it, it just—it's just great. People want i think it's nice for people to get to know the the others that are involved in the hobby. So um, it'd be great to have you there for sure. Why don't you uh, jump in, Tony? Tell us a little bit about your hobby history. Obviously, you've been with Upper Deck for five or so years now. But why? What took you from you know being a kid seeing your first sports card to sure. working at Upper Deck?
1: yeah it's it's kind of a unique story um you know I've, I've watched some of the other episodes and i love hearing all the backgrounds you know of how everyone's kind of uh, been become involved in the in the hobby and in the industry um you know for me again like you said as a kid i grew up just collecting um you know grew up in the west suburbs of chicago big chicago sports guy was lucky enough to grow up watching jordan and and, and some memories of walter payton guys like that the you know, the Ronix, the Chelios, the, the Dirk Grams, you know, the Amani, some of those kind of guys. So, you know, grew up, you know, just loving all that. So sports cards and, you know, that area of the of the United States is huge. There's always, there were always card shows, um, you know, the nationals there quite a bit. So, you know, just kind of grew up loving the hobby collecting, um, went to college, I uh, got my undergrad and then eventually my master's at uh, Northern Illinois University, um, great school loved it out there go Huskies Um, you know so we had a good time out there I got my undergrad in economics and I got my my uh, master's in sport management so yeah I went get I went to get that degree I had an idea I really wanted to come and work in this industry if I could if I could find a spot and get a shot in it so um, you know I, I remember going to the National in 2015 in Chicago just as a collector Um, you know, going to the show almost every day that time, you know, five days and, you know, walking the show and talking with collectors, trading, buying cards, you know, the usual thing that we all love to do, you know, by Sunday, I'd probably had blown all the money I I had saved. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, I had a different idea. I said, I need to go walk around. I need to talk to all these guys. I need to kind of put myself out there that I'm, you know, recently graduated, uh, you know, with this degree and and I have a passion for this industry. I'd love to, to try, to try to get involved. So, went and talked to everybody that Sunday, the national, um, you know, all the major players and, and, and kind of just went and introduced myself. And I remember being home a few weeks later and I got a call from California, the California number. Uh, you know, I remember telling Crystal, my, my, uh, significant other, you know, Oh my gosh, like I wonder if this could be that I'm like calling from California and sure enough, it was my buddy Randy, uh, to this day, you know, he, he worked that show and I chatted with him and he, he remembered to call me. Uh, did you, funny did, thing with he. Go did
0: ahead. Did you Did you know him before the
1: show? No, oh. never met him before. Never met him. Just you know, he's he's that kind of guy. If you've ever worked, if you've ever been to shows, uh, Expo especially, um, you guys all know Randy. He he busts it. He works really hard at that show, and you know, interacts and does so much for the customers and for the collectors. So he. He, he remembered me and, and called. So uh, before I knew it, you know, I'm having phone interviews and flying to California for, for interviews with Grant and, and the team. And, um, you know, I remember flying out there for the interview and, and you know, getting a call or, you know, knowing pretty soon that I had the job and it was time to move to California in about three and a half weeks. We had three and a half weeks to, to pack up and, and move west. So, you know, Crystal and I and our dog Obi, we loaded the car and we've been in california ever since so yeah it's been crazy wild ride and you know training under Grant and learning everything with billy and everyone else it's been uh it's been awesome so i love it very very lucky
0: so so you you basically went to school to get a sports management degree yep sports business degree type. what was it exactly called yeah
1: sport management yeah it has a heavy sport. emphasis in man and business for sure yeah a lot of business courses a lot of finance accounting stuff but worth it to get that for for me to go for it. So yeah, it was, it was awesome.
0: You, you went to school to get a degree, hoping to end up working for a company like upper deck, you get, you you end up completing your degree, you go to the card show, you decide I'm going to go job hunting. I'm going to take some time off collecting and go job hunting. You get all the big players, you leave, you, you have conversations, you leave your contact information. And a few weeks later, you get an unsolicited call from Randy Reyes from upper deck saying, Hey, um, and what did he say to you when he called you? Hey, hi, it's it's Randy. Do you want to work in Upper Deck? What was that call like? Yeah,
1: I, you know, I missed the call. Um, you know, I, I got the voicemail. Luckily, he left a message and, you know, he just told me it was Randy from Upper Deck. And he said, I, you know, I wrote down your name and number that I needed to call you, but I couldn't remember why. So he didn't know why he was supposed to call me. So even better, it was like, oh, great. I Dude, thank you so much for calling. And. You know, kind of went through, you know, everything and, and talked them to him and sent my resume and he was able to help me kind of get networked and I'll always owe it to him. So, so yeah, he's, he's my big my, my buddy over there. Big, big friend for sure.
0: Well, what a guy to not even know <laughs> why he was calling you back, why he had your number and he still followed up. That's a <laughs> that's, that's the a kind of guy record. he is.
1: That's the kind of guy Randy is. So, yeah, again, if you guys have ever ever been to shows and you've been by our booth, you guys know Randy. He's he's the man
0: yeah he's he's at all the shows got great great energy about him for sure yeah um, all right let's say hello to a few of the viewers we have with us tonight uh charles welcome to the show scott welcome yamwax as always good evening card currency looking forward to another amazing interview thank you very much paul cashman says bonus points for Dirk graham <laughs> <laughs> i remember those early 90s Dirk graham cards i remember flipping those
1: with buddies we had a good time we were after all that stuff
0: yeah, his his rookie card, if I recall, is I think it's the eighty six eighty seven, the same year as the Patrick Waugh. I believe that's his rookie year. Card currency says uh, uh, Here's a question to kick it off: At what point can Upper Deck go for baseball, basketball, and football license again? And is there an actual shot we can stop seeing the monopolies? Is that something you can speak to, or is that a, is that kind of a outside your your area? It's a great question it is a little out of my area i mean
1: that i wish we had them all i wish we all had them all we could all make all these different sports and different sets and and compete and try to you know uh you know just try to one-up each other and and be more innovative so i wish it was that way i don't know dates but you know whenever those you know when those times come upper deck's always going to try we're always going to try to get back involved we you know we've got the history with all these sports, and we know that collectors want want our products again. So when those times come, we're always going to try to throw our name back in the hat for sure.
0: Okay, there you go, there you go. Card currency, Ernie Rondo. Good evening to you. Hello, hello. Okay, so let's let's jump in, man. So you've been there for five years. Why don't you just take us through pretty quickly the first you know three to six months working there? What was the first set you got to work on? What was it like dipping your toes? You know, uh, and, and what was, you know, you were a collector and now here you are building these sets. What was sure. it like? What was the feeling? What was the feeling like to know that I'm about to, for the first time, I'm going to create a set that collectors are going to purchase?
1: Well, well I, I, for one, I thought I knew it all. Oh, I can, I know I'm going to make an amazing set that, no, it's going to blow everyone away. And you learn very quickly that there is way more to it than <laughs> than you'd ever imagine, Um, you know, as far as production and coordinating with different departments and, and different leagues and different, uh, you know, different licenses. There's so many different moving parts. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just a lot and it takes a lot of training. You know, my first three to six months really was shadowing, you know, Grant, shadowing Billy um, while they built products and kind of, you know, kind of understood that um you know had a pretty good understanding already of of the industry of you know you know what was going on between all the sports and everything so in that sense had a good idea but had no idea what I was getting into as far as the world of learning of the printing process and everything that goes into it but you know it's incredible at the end you know it's a about a 13 month cycle you know to get like a major release out there and, you know, to start it and be, you know, kind of be, you know, the department that kind of has the vision and starts the process and then to be the, you know, also involved all the way through it to the end. Once you see that product out there, it's just, it's, it's a great feeling, uh, especially when it's in, when it's well-received. Um, but yeah, early sets. I remember, you know, I remember working on like early USA football sets, which are funny now because they have some pretty good players in there. Um, uh, an interesting one now that I remember working on at the time, I remember working on the 16, 17 Euro league basketball. Um, and at the time I'm like, Oh, well, you know, it's a little basketball set. Awesome. You know, mainly going to be working on hockey. So this will be really cool. Um, you know, that turned out now that's Lucas first card Euro league basketball was the first, I'm pretty sure the first officially licensed card. So that's cards going for crazy, you know, dollars now. So it, I, I'm, I'm happy the way that that turned out. Um, you know, that was a, a very small run product at the time. People didn't think much of it, but, uh, you know, Luke is an amazing player to watch. So I'm happy to, to say I was involved with that set too, you know, early hockey, um, I remember working on Black Diamond for Austin Matthews year. That was an amazing experience. You know, the year before, it was the first year it had been revamped as kind of a high-end set with McDavid and, you know, the one-pack kind of configuration. So, you know, how, how do we top that? How do we kind of uh, change that up a little bit? You know, that was really fun to do. And then early on, I also remember Fleer Showcase was a fun uh, really fun product. Again, growing up, loving that set. And, you know, in various sports and different inserts over the years, it was great to kind of like revisit that and kind of just do some some homage cards and different tributes. So those were like the early ones I remember. And, you know, from there, I, it's so many sets now, I, I, I'd have to think it through, but I've worked on quite a few at this point. It's, it's crazy to, to think about it, but it, it's been quite a ride. It's been awesome.
0: So do you work on the same sets year over year? I mean, are, are there certain sets that the ones that do come out regularly, are you on them year over year? And then you get the odd one off set that comes out kind of thrown in on into your uh, plate.
1: We, we try to keep it pretty consistent, you know, uh, you know, but between myself, um, you know, JT and Billy and then Grant, you know, I um, mean, now we do have a new, a new employee by the name of Dangerfield. Um, who's a great guy and he, he's going to learn the process, but uh You know, between all of us, we we keep it pretty consistent because you get to learn your brand. You learn the set so well, like year over year, it makes sense for the same person to kind of, well, we did this last year and this really worked out. But maybe some other things, you know, didn't hit quite right or not how we would have we would have liked them to value. So, you know, it's kind of good to have that knowledge year over year. We do mix it up, you know, um, uh, from from time to time, just freshen it up also.
0: All right. Interesting. So before we get in and kind of talk a bit more about the sets that you do work on, just so the people, the viewers can actually understand, you know, when you're out there buying products, you now know who designed and built that product. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, I think that's pretty cool to know. It, it's nice mm-hmm. to know who's behind these things. I, I certainly like to know that. Um, I want to step back to when we were just talking about the the, the exclusivity that, is, that, that runs rampant in the hobby right now. Um, there were a couple of comments that came up after we were discussing that. So first, card currency says, in my opinion, it's healthy for all of them to make cards. That's where the most innovation comes from. And that's what you were saying, Tony. Yeah. In terms of you know, we can all one up each other and consist and, and constantly try to do better than each other. So and yeah. I think that everybody wants. Carlos then says, I think at this stage collectors would be happy even with a limited shared license for variety. And based on those two comments, I mean I, we've had these discussions before with um, various people in the hobby on this show. And in terms of Carlos's idea about, you know, a limited shared license. So I my understanding is the reason why that doesn't make sense is because you can, you guys, you guys can't run your company on six products a year. Let's say I've heard many suggestions on, on message board forums over the years. that says every, you know, Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, uh, Leaf, they should all get a license and they should all be able to do six sets per year. And the, the rebuttal to that is, well, none of them are going to stay in business because you can't make it. You, you can't run your business on six products per year in a license, especially with the licensing fees you, you you pay. But then the argument is, well, maybe you could pay a quarter of the licensing fees. Well, you still can't run your business on six sets a year. And if you're going to do 20, then you're all doing 20 sets a year. Now there's 80 sets on the market. So the, yeah. limited, the limited shared license doesn't seem to be the answer, which, you know, it's, it makes sense to us as collectors, but from the business standpoint, my understanding from discussions I have had with several people that is that that just doesn't work. But it makes sense to collectors. So in the absence of that, it really comes down to you know multi-license and a free-for-all if it ever gets there. But the other understanding we have from guests on this show have been that the that the licensors only want to deal with one. Uh, card company just for ease of business and they you know it's just easier for them it's not um as as involved as it could otherwise be so yeah you know i think i think there's more at play it's it's tougher than just you know let's just let's just give everybody a license and have at her, so and it's not just the card companies that are making their that are that are you know making these decisions it, it's the licensors and really it's what they want to do and who they want to deal with. So, but I think on behalf of all collectors, we'd like to see some competition. I think that's for sure. Scott goes on to say, bring, please bring back Fleer Showcase. I mean, I've I've been lobbying for that for a while. It's nice to see someone else. Uh, D says, late to the show, any word on 1920, the cup? That's not your product, is it?
1: No, they haven't trusted me with the cup yet. Billy, Billy's the keeper of the cup at Upper Deck. Um, no, I'm just kidding. One of these years, the, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get a shot at that one, but no, Billy, Billy's the cup guy. And, and, and you know, the thing around upper deck is you never really talk about the cup.
0: Yeah. So it's mystery.
1: It's, it's secretive. So I am, I don't have
0: anything for you on the cup. Uh, I'll tell you, D it's going to come out. It's just a matter of when. <laughs> um, an, an, an unknown Facebook user says, does upper deck always use the same printing company and where are the cards printed?
1: They are, we don't always use the same printer. Uh, There are, there are a few printers that we use um, and we're always, you know, there's always potential for new partnerships, I guess, with that. Again, it's not really in my wheelhouse, but uh, no, it's not always the same. They are all located in North America. can tell you
0: that. (laughs) Are they all in the United States or are there some in Canada or Mexico? Uh,
1: They're, they're, there are so they're in north america i can tell you that north of the border yes yes okay yeah. and the states huh. yep
0: yep okay interesting um i know there's one in north carolina or at least there used to be i believe there's one uh somewhere in, in near dallas in texas yeah. there right right yeah right, and, right. And I, right. I guess the next question on that would be like do certain types of products get printed at one facility or one vendor where others at another like perhaps cart you know Um, acetate cards might be have to be made by one vendor, whereas regular sheet cut cardboard at another vendor. Is is that kind of how it's set up or can all the vendors do everything? That's a great question. Um, There are certain vendors that have uh, certain
1: technologies and certain services that they can provide. Um, I wouldn't say that there are any that can't do anything, but there are some that are kind of more it's more in their expertise, certain printing types of technology. Yeah.
0: And I think from what Paul is saying down below in the notes, that might be Rod Jameson who asked that question, who's a collector up in Alberta. Thank you for joining, Rod. Good to see you. Um, Card Currency goes on to say, imagine they could all make what they wanted for sports, then we would really see what sets and cards were sought after. Yeah, if it was just a free-for-all, for sure. Steve Elmore, good evening to you as well, sir. Nice to have you. And he says hello to everybody. Very nice. Legion, welcome to the show as always. Card currency goes on to say the info that comes from this show is freaking top notch. Watch these, watching these interviews is like getting a PhD in cards, and that's that's what we're doing. That's why we're doing it. So thank for thank you for recognizing that, and thank you to Tony for being a, a, a part of the faculty.
1: <laughs> I'm happy to share the knowledge. That's that's how it's been for me. I've I've been getting that PhD for five years. I feel over there learning. You you learn so much. I'm still learning stuff every day um honestly there's there's years and years that go into it and perfecting everything that, that's involved so yeah I, i'm happy to share um share some with you guys absolutely
0: yeah it's awesome and as i said before it's really nice and i i, I considered it a privilege for myself to be able to present you introduce you put you in front of this audience you know that represents a part of the hobby i think it's just awesome Paul says, uh, "Fleer Showcase really love the PMGs, the precious metal gem." Yes, so do I, Paul. So do yeah. I. Um, maybe that's Rod says, "Bring, please bring back an uh, Exquisite brand." There, there's something to think about. Exquisite was always more associated with uh, basketball and football. Well, you do have it is kind of laced throughout various hockey products as well. Yeah. Let me yeah. ask you this: speaking of Exquisite, because it is back, right? It is it is seeded into other brands. It's just not its own brand anymore. Is exquisite something that is planned as its own product or its own program, its own set, and then it's broken down as to what other sets it's going to be seeded in or is it planned along with the sets in which it's seeded into?
1: Yeah. uh, Great question. So, you know exquisite as far as hockey um you know as, again with the brands like we consider the cup to be the cup the top you know the top brand in hockey so there's always a lot of internal discussions and again external discussions about you know exquisite versus the cup you know we've chosen to take the route of keeping exquisite currently as an overlay is what we call it um and that's where you'll see it like you're saying in various products you'll see it kind of split up um We do kind of work together, the various product managers, when that's kind of grouped, like, you know, usually you see it in the cup, Exquisite's usually in the cup. It's usually in Black Diamond. Um, It's usually in Ice. Those are kind of the three that it's been in for a while. Um, There's always potential for that to change, Um, you know, but we all work together to kind of make sure we're not putting the same content in, in the sets. Like all of it should be different. The designs are different. Um, you know, black diamond comes early in the year, so we don't have the, uh, we're not able to get autographs. If you ever notice, like black diamond exquisite is usually just, um, like, like rookie cards or some beautiful cards, but like the big chase. in there's like an early, like shield, a one of one shield card you can get, of uh, like key rookies and star players, but we don't have autos in, in that one. So once you start seeing them in ice and cup, you start seeing the auto exquisite card. So we do strategize how we split it up.
0: Okay. Interesting. Thank you for that. Yep. Rod says, "Any plans for a standalone masterpieces set again?"
1: You know, we always talk about uh, bringing back some of those old brands. We love, I love the masterpiece cards, the art, the painted art look, and all that. Some of, some of the iconic images. Uh, they did some of that in chronology. It kind of, you know, has those those painted art cards and everything of the iconic moments and everything. So, um, not at this time, but you never know. It's something we could always we could always bring back because we do know there's a lot of fans that like it.
0: It's funny, I. I... I have this on my desk right now because I collect this from yep, the team. these black framed leather memorabilia and this just it's came tonight. out this week the Theron Flurry so I love them because they're nice nice little swatches out of 35 it's like 150 card parallel set anyway so Rod Rod I'm with you if they do another masterpieces set I hope they do another black framed memorabilia black framed leather memorabilia set I would chase that one again because I'm I'm almost done this one and it's I've been working on it for over five years already. D, you are welcome for the reply on the cup. Let's see what Steve Elmore says. He says, I miss Upper Deck for baseball, basketball and football. Even though you don't have those licenses, why not do like Panini does for baseball without logos, le- leaving a lot of money on the table? I mean, and I'll just say, I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just getting the presses rolling and producing the products. There's logistics, there's legal, there's still legal to deal with even though you could proceed without a license. So, um, but I think that's a discussion for another time, unless you have anything to say to that, uh, Tony. I mean, I would just, I would just quickly say, you
1: know, Panini is paying the Players Association. So they have a deal with Major League Baseball Players Association that that's, that's pretty significant. So that's what's allowing them to, to produce those cards. Um, So there's just, there's more to it than
0: that. Okay, that's fair. Um, this user says, would love to see Exquisite as its own brand again. And I mean, hey, maybe we'll see it eventually, uh, these, like, like Tony said, these things do sort of change a bit. Billy then goes, uh, Billy, welcome to the show. Your colleague, Tony. Billy says, Tony, you can talk about the cup, the cup of coffee you buy to get those Tim Hortons cards. Tony does a great job building each year, <laughs> so so thank you, uh, Billy, for that. And let's just take a quick second, Tony. So you you do the, uh, the Tim Hortons set then, is that correct? I do. I've worked on that one for a while now. Yeah,
1: it's a fun one. Um, you know, I don't get to see that one in person. You know, it's 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 kind of exclusive to you guys. There's no Hortons in California, so I can't go get the packs. But uh, I hear everyone really likes it. It seems to be pretty popular. So, yeah, I do. I do work on that one every year.
0: It is very popular. I, I, I know at the... I, I When does it usually come out? Is it a spring or a, or a fall release usually? It's a we, fall, right? Usually, yeah, usually fall, exactly. Fall. So, I believe... I think it comes out in time for the expo. I'm not sure of that for sure. Someone can probably correct me, but whether it's there, it's a a summit in Edmonton. I just remember being at whatever show it is. And there's always people um, asking for the Tim Hortons. It's a very popular setup here for collectors. So I'm a big fan. I don't collect it myself. Doesn't interest me, but I'm a big fan of it as a gateway to the hobby for so many more people. And the exposure it brings the hobby through that an uh, in, in immense distribution network that is Tim Hortons. I mean, they're all over the place. Sure. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. absolutely. Uh, what's this one? Ernie says, Tony, do you work with non-sports like the 007 collection, James Bond cards?
1: Yeah, I do actually. I did work on. Uh, I worked on on the 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 first set that released, and we have another one coming out called Villains and Henchmen. Yeah, and I've worked on that one as well.
0: Why don't you take a minute now? Because we talked earlier, and you mentioned to me that you also work on some Marvel stuff. So we'll just mm-hmm. on the non because this is called Sports Cards Live, not non Sports Cards Live, but that's okay. Why don't yeah. you let us know a little bit about uh, about your work on
1: Marvel? Yeah, so that's been fairly new to me. I've worked on sports mainly for the you know the first four and a half years or so, uh, but I've gotten to you know dip my feet into that a little bit and work on uh, Marvel Annual, which is a set that you know non sports collectors will know. You know, the one thing with the set right off the bat, the difference is most Marvel sets aren't year over year. So, you know, in the sports world, you've got your SP Authentics every year, your OPG Platinums, um, you know, Marvel, it's really it's different every year. They try to really mix it up and, and produce a lot of different sets. Uh, so I've gotten to work on, um, you know, like I said, annual. Uh, we've got some new ones I don't know if I can talk to you about yet, but some exciting ones in both like the publishing world, which is um, – you know, like the comic art based, and then some of the ones also in the the cinematic. So, uh, you know, some of the Disney Plus shows and some of the upcoming movies, I've gotten to work on some of that. So that's been incredible. I love all that stuff. So um, really fun to, to get involved with that.
0: You you grew up as a sports fan. Did you grew up as a fan of Bond or Marvel, anything like that as well?
1: Oh, I absolutely. I mean, I yeah. I grew up wa- loving all of it. I would go to the comic book store and I would buy my, my, my Marvel metal cards, my packs of that. Um, you know, even, even when I collected and, and started going to card shops in the early to mid nineties, like the gaming started kind of coming in magic, the gathering and those, and most shops started adopting that they, they needed to, you know, most business they needed it it's smart to kind of adopt that and add the gaming side. So I, I, I dabbled a little in that, um, you know, but I knew the, for me, like the sports cards were more my thing, but I love the movies. I, I, I enjoy all that stuff.
0: Speaking of the uh, Marvel and PMGs, you know, there's a, I tried to buy a PMG. I think it was from, there was a a, a, a Fleer retro Marvel product that came out. I don't know if it was back in 12, 13, in that era, I believe maybe yeah. 14 or 15, but there was a, I tried to buy on eBay the other night. It was a Spider-Man PMG Red. And nice. my Skype bid just wasn't good enough, so I didn't I, I bumped somebody else up, but I wasn't able to win it myself or win. I love how we talk. Here's just totally, off, totally off topic, guys. But we talk about winning cards. All we're winning is the right to pay for them. You've won the <laughs> right to pay for this card, the right yeah. to spend your hard-earned money. We don't win them. We pay for them anyway. Just the thought I've had over the years. I wanted to get out, out one of these one of these shows. There it was. So Brian McDonald says, hi, guys. Hi, Brian. I think Exquisite Hockey is a teaser set. Beautiful nonetheless. So and I don't know what he means by a teaser set. So when I think of that, I think you, you see it in these other products and then you see them and then it's a tease for what might may, may come later as if a set in and of itself, but it's not its own set. So, but if you want to clarify, Brian, cool. If not, no big deal. Appreciate the comment. Nonetheless, Brian Kingsley, welcome to the show. Great to see you as always. Brian misses Upper Deck Basketball. Hey, so do I, Brian. So do I. Rod says, I'm doing the 0809 master set of masterpieces. It may be the death of me. Anytime you're doing a master set of anything, it's going to maybe be the the <laughs> the death of you. That's for sure. Dave Hart, welcome to the show. Bring Hortons to upstate New York. Now, there are some Tim Hortons restaurants in the United States. There's just not many of them, I don't think, or not nearly yeah. as many as there are in Canada. So... Yeah, you got to take to potential franchise partners or corporate uh, Tim Hortons to see if they would open up there. But I, I do have to think that there are collectors and dealers that are buying cards from Canada, Tim Hortons cards to sell to the collectors down in the US. You probably just have to find them. And I sorry, Dave, I don't know how to help you with that at this point in time. Um, what does Brian say series one and two only in California? Um, Not sure what he means. What you mean by that, Brian, but uh, if you clarify, that'd be great. Scott says, love the Timmy set, but it's been lacking my PC player the last couple of years, so I haven't been too interested uh, to my collection, but it is looking awesome. And his PC player is Patrick Waugh, so there you you go, Tony. If you can get Patrick Waugh back in there, he would uh, definitely appreciate that. And this Facebook user says, can you tell us about new Marvel Masterpiece set coming out? Anything about that, Tony?
1: Uh. I, I didn't have the pleasure of working on that, but I've heard the art is incredible. I think there might be some kind of teasers out for it already. Um, you know, that's the one. I, Dave Palumbo is the is the artist, so he's an incredible Marvel artist. Beautiful, beautiful pieces. Um, I can't wait to see the set. I haven't I haven't had the luxury of seeing that one. Um, but if you're a fan of that set, I'm sure you're going to love this year's set.
0: Awesome, awesome. It, Awesome. Okay. Uh D says they have collectors parties. Yeah, that's true, D. They have collectors' parties at Tim Hortons. You see it on their uh, billboard signs sometimes saying, Hey, trader night, uh Tuesday, you know, bring that's your awesome. cards. That's awesome. But, I love that. Yeah, we won't be seeing it now in the in during the COVID era, but uh maybe next year that'll come back. Ernie says that that's a great idea. Set love. That's a great set. Love those cards. Still buying them, trying for the bounty. Okay, yeah, cool. There you go. The card collector says hello. The card collector, welcome to the show. I watched for the first time. I saw one of your videos today, guys. The card collector is a quite young uh, YouTube content creator, and uh, I recommend checking it out. Check out his channel. I just did for the first time today. I discovered it through watching another channel. And uh, this young gentleman was interviewed. And um, let's just say he's uh, experienced for his years. That's for sure. Welcome to the show. Chris West says, but winning sounds more fun. It always does. Dave, oh, there are tons of Hortons, but no cards. Ah, got it, got it, got it. Okay, Card Currency wants to know if Upper Deck can make golf cards. Any uh, any idea what's going on with golf cards? So you've obviously you've done it in the past. Well, yeah, we can definitely make
1: golf cards. That's something that we're, we're um, able to do. You know, that one's not really tied to a license either. Uh, it takes a lot of time to make a golf set uh, because of that. It's 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 not, you're going after every individual golfer. So yeah, that's something that, um, you know, is potential. We could definitely consider doing that down the road again.
0: Yeah, there's certainly a market for that. I, I've got to think. Yeah, Card Current says, golf is a pretty worldwide sport nowadays, no doubt. Paul says, Norman Mar. Norman Marr, another, okay, sorry, I didn't realize. Thank you, Paul, for helping guide people to streamer.com slash Facebook. You click that big blue button. You only ever have to do it once, and then your name will show up, and that's only if you're watching on Facebook. If you're watching on YouTube or on Twitter, that does not apply. Jason Field, welcome to the show, says, sorry if you've already talked about it, but is there any info on what we can expect in the Tim Horton set this year? That's you, Tony. Um...
1: What can we expect? Yeah, I don't know what I can really tell you about that one. Let me think about it.
0: Um, like every year you guys do a set checklist. The cards are always a little bit different. They're always yeah. really cool. And then what I like the best is are the inserts that you put in there. And there's usually like three or four or five different insert sets. So you've, yeah. got, you've gone lenticular. You've gone 3D. You've gone acetate. Yeah. Um, I particularly like the acetate cards that show up in there. Any, any, uh, and I understand if it's, you know, secret still because it's not, it's not out yet and it's going to be a big Yeah. I, yeah.
1: For sure. I, you can expect what you, what you, the, the cards that you've kind of come to like with some new, new additions. Um, I know the lenticulars are for sure in there again. They look beautiful this year. I did get, uh, to see some samples of those. Uh, it's a triple card, it's a team triple card. So it'll be three players from one franchise on the same card so it'll they look really nice like with the multiple layers so i I can tell you about that one uh but there'll be some surprises there'll be some new things in there that we haven't done um so i'm excited for you guys to discover those i wish i could tell you about them now but um it'll be fun when it comes out
0: that that's cool hey thank you for the the three player card information that's still that's something right that's something that if you're not watching this show right now, you're not gonna you're not gonna get this information. So thank you for sharing that with the audience. I appreciate that. The right. card collector, you are welcome for the shout out, my man. You are welcome, Norman Marr. Welcome to the show. All right, so let's uh, let's jump in a little bit. Actually, before we do that, I'm gonna let everybody know because people have joined late. So a little bit later on, guys, we're gonna open this. I'm gonna open this box of Goodwin Champions that was sent to me by uh, Tony's colleague Chris Carlin at Upper Deck. I'm gonna open this up, you know, just one pack at a time and all the hits from this box, I'm gonna ship out to one viewer. So we're gonna to have to figure out how you're gonna get me your information, probably on Facebook or Instagram um, or Twitter for that matter, anywhere that, I, that, that you can reach out to me is great. And uh, all the hits from this box are gonna to go to you. So Tony does have a trivia question that he's gonna ask a little bit later. You guys are gonna to have to get it in and uh, whoever gets it in quickest, so whoever, whoever, has the answer correct in the comments that comes up in my comment stream. And keep in mind that I have a comment stream that aggregates comments from YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. So whoever I see first, and I do believe that if you're on YouTube, you have a 10 second advantage. So consider that. Paul says, not sure if Tony can speak to it, but are photographers allowed in the current NHL bubbles? That's an interesting question.
1: That is a great question. I don't have the answer for that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question.
0: Okay, well, that, that's okay. on yeah, that one. Yeah, that—that's maybe someone in the audience knows. Maybe one of your colleagues watching knows and can let us know. But that would be that—that'd be nice to know. And I just watching the games, I'm quite certain I have seen photographers taking pictures through the glass. So, I—I I, I think the answer is yes, just from. See, I've noticed them on TV. I always look for photographers at games because I know that lots of times they're taking pictures that end up on hockey cards. So, cool. Yeah, I'm
1: sure they're. I'm sure they're doing everything they can to to shoot those games and to get photos. Um, I just, I just don't know. I don't know the rules or what what they're doing with that exactly. But I, I've noticed them during games too. You'll see them kind of scattered, you know, you know kind of far out in the seats, um, you know, with the big lens and everything. So I'm I'm guessing they are, but I don't have a for sure answer on that.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, D Cabral says Gretzky will be in, will be in the new Tim sets considering the commercials. Is that something that you can confirm or or, or deny or. You know
1: uh, that that's, you know, that's a good detective right there. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not sure, but (laughs) that is exciting. I haven't seen these commercials. So that's good to hear.
0: Uh, There you go. And just look, just look at Tony closely. Try and read his face guys. Try and try and read his face in his eyes right now. Card Currency says, I know the NBA allowed a certain amount of media. Excuse me, I'm sure NHL was similar. Yeah, you, you've got to think. Yeah. Carlo says it would be cool, but it would but it would have to be limited photographers to maintain the bubble. Yeah, definitely, of course. Uh, Paul, I've been watching games. The Oilers get, I've been watching games the, since the Oilers got bounced. Yeah, I. I well, I, wa- I watched as well. Um, okay, so there was one comment that I didn't address. Sean Abergel wants to talk about The whole thing around redemptions, Sean, we've covered redemptions several times on past episodes, so uh, it's not necessarily with Tony's department, so we're not going to talk about redemptions right now. The only thing I will say is that your question is, you know, how do they get fulfilled and what may cause delays? Well, the delays are caused by the players not signing them and getting them back to Upper Deck in time. That's what causes the delays. It's as simple as that, really. Okay. So... You know, uh, and yeah, thank you, Sean, for, for that. Okay, so Tony, we've already touched, based on the questions coming in, we've touched on several of the sets that you've worked on, but you, you gave me a list. So I'm going to run through the list of sets that you are in charge of at Upper Deck right now. And, uh, and then we might dive in deeper into a couple of them. So Opichi, you do Opichi. you do Credentials, you do SP Authentic, you do Artifacts, you do Synergy, Black Diamond, Opici Platinum, Premier, Goodwin, Champions, and some Marvel products. So that's that's quite a quite a handful. There's some very important products in there. Let's t- let's touch a little bit. There was something you mentioned to me early. Something Opichi is coming out soon, and there's a new bounty program. You want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So Opichi will be out um, a couple of weeks, like mid September, the ninth or tenth. Uh, I can confirm that for you after, but. Uh... You know, I'm excited for OPG. I know it's a big master set, kind of set collector set, but, um, you know, we've tried to add some tweaks and some different elements to kind of get more, more a little more excitement and some some of the different, uh, you know, kind of hit, hit kind of collectors involved. So there's a bounty program um, that's going to allow collectors to have a chance at a redemption card for number one draft pick next year. So uh, we all know who that's most likely going to be, uh, and he's going to be a stud. So some pretty awesome cards. The last time we had an op- uh, an opportunity to do something like this was for McDavid where we had the puzzle cards. You had to collect the puzzle, of uh, the number one draft pick, kind of like like shadow logo. You put that together, and then you got a McDavid card. So we're going to use the bounty website this year. Uh, it's going to be a little different. You're still going to have to collect the nine-card puzzle um, you know, to get all, all nine cards and scratch them off um, and enter those on upper, upperdeckbounty.com. But we're going to have three layers to the race. So if you're one of the first 25 to complete the nine card bounty and you go and enter those codes, you're going to get an autographed um, number one draft pick card. Um, Then if you're amongst the next 60, you're going to get a black border um, rookie, rookie card. And then if you're anyone else who wants to participate, we're going to make sure there's enough that you'll at least get the standard um number one draft pick redemption card so there's three kind of layers to it and if you're one of the first 25 you're going to get all three cards so some huge cards uh kind of right off the bat with our for one of our first sets so we're pretty pumped for that
0: that's cool that's cool yeah. it's good nice to hear that there's a new bounty program involved and that there's what will likely be lafreniere autographs going out to those 25 lucky people sure. um Nor- before we go on with more norman has a great question any new sets coming out that you can talk about anything we maybe haven't seen before
1: um you know i think this i think the new ones you guys have seen now you know stature is out that was a new one allure was a new set credentials which you mentioned so you know you probably see those coming back they were all they were all pretty well received um I'm trying to think of any other new sets
0: i'm just going while you're thinking paul i i sorry paul i now understand what you're saying here you haven't been watching games since the oilers got bounced okay I get it now, I, I don't know how, why I didn't read that properly before. Um, if something comes to mind, Tony, bring it up, no worries, no worries. We're gonna, we're gonna move on to Brian's comment here. Uh, here in California, you can't find a pack of sports cards on a shelf to save your life. Is it the same up there in the Great White North? Well, I mean, I can find cards at my local card shop when I go to Eastridge or Maple Leaf Sports. I can find cards uh, here in Calgary at those stores. When I go to the Walmart near my house, and I don't go very often, but when I do, I always go looking and see what's there. And um, I can tell you there's some, a little bit of hockey there, but there's definitely no basketball. That's the one thing there's nothing of. But there, and, and there's not much hockey either at the Walmart at this point in time. Maybe it's just, you know, we are summer and Walmart is a, they, they run their business on a seasonal basis. I, I, I have to think. So maybe they're thinking that they'll wait until more, uh, more new products are released, but not right now, Brian, not right now. Legion says, been collecting the museum collection from Goodwin for the last few years. Can Tony comment on the provenance of the inserted items? Seems like it would be a pain to source them.
1: Yeah, um, great question. We, we put a lot of time and effort into that to make sure everything that we're getting is authentic. We, we work with some pretty reputable um, vendors for that kind of stuff, whether that's like old military memorabilia um, you know, or some of the other unique things that we've been cutting up. Uh, but yeah, it is, it's a lot of work. Goodwin is, Goodwin is one of the hardest sets to work on every year. And and a lot of that stuff is involved. It's a big part of it. There's a lot of things you need to, there it is. Um, it's worth it though. It's so fun to open. It's, you never know what you're going to find in there. So it's all worth it at the end, but yeah, it is a lot of work, but we make sure to do our due diligence to make sure everything is, is authentic and everything like that.
0: All right, hopefully that satisfies you, Legion, and you continue to collect that set. We are going to be opening this box a little bit later in the episode and giving away all the hits to one lucky viewer, so stick around. Tony's going to have a, a trivia question, and you're going to have to find that answer, and then whoever gets it first will get the pro- the hits from that box right there. Scott says, Opichi Platinum is one of my favorites. Love the parallels, and Patrick Waugh is generally in there, as in the Legends section and some inserts as well, for sure. Goes on to say stature, allure, and credentials were all solid. Nice, nice to hear some positive Appreciate feedback that. from that. Paul Thank Cashman you. is digging the allure and the parallels. That's cool. Yeah, for sure. D Cabral says, Would love to see the NHL mini jerseys come back out from 0607-0708. 07, 07, yeah, those are those are a long time ago now since the, those yeah. any talk amongst the team at Upper Deck there, Tony, to do another product like that. I haven't heard anything recently, but I am familiar with what you're talking about. They were
1: like little fabric mini jerseys. I think they may have done them in a few other sports or, or, or looked into that. But uh, again, just like masterpieces, nothing currently, but that doesn't mean we can't do it. To do something in the future. So it's good to hear that there's, there's some collectors out there that enjoy that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Sean is uh, answering the question about, can we find cards up here in Canada? No basketball, no football at Walmart at least. So thanks for corroborating that information, Sean. Appreciate it. Legion, you're welcome for that answer. Chris says, I was pretty interesting to see a lower line player I collected end up an MVP. Okay. I don't know who that was, but uh, MVP can be a comprehensive set, so I don't doubt it. And uh, D. Cabral, he's completed both mini-Jersey set. I wonder... If you've actually displayed those, or you just keep them in a box with the rest of the cards, like like we all do with our cards, or what you did with that, that'd be cool to see. If you framed those up and you know yeah. made it made a display out of it, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I want to I want to I'm wearing this shirt. I want to show you guys because it just came. So Upper Deck, Chris Carlin at Upper Deck sent me a couple boxes of Goodwin Champions and this shirt. And I always say, and it, I don't know if you guys can see, but there's the Upper Deck logo right there. Wake Wake and Break. So a cup of coffee in the Upper Deck. And the Upper Deck uh, Upper Deck logo there uh, on a card. So I want to thank Upper Deck for sending me the shirt. I say to all the guests, if you work for a company and you're coming on the show, send me a shirt and I will wear it for sure. <laughs> so thanks for uh, thanks for that. And guys, if you're joining just now, like I've mentioned, we are going to open up this box, give away the hits. And after the show at uh, what is going to be 1230 a.m. Eastern time. So late for, your, for you East Coasters, 930 p.m. Pacific time going to be doing sports cards live after hours for the very first time i do have a guest who's going to be coming on we're just going to be hanging out talking hobbies. going to be chill paul cashman you're going to love it it's in particular we're going to get that third hour for you and uh we're going to give it a shot see how it goes and it's something I'm, i'm really planning to do on saturday nights after the saturday show can't really do it wednesday too it's just too late i do work the next day after on thursdays so But I want to let everybody know that we will still, we will be doing that tonight. And the episode is actually, uh, has has been prepared. It's ready on YouTube to be watched. So we will go live at about 10.30 my time tonight, which is again, 12.30 Eastern and 9.30 Pacific. All right, back to the comments here. And then we're gonna continue off the notes. Um, What was next here? Uh, Steve says, any talk about product going to produce a draft pick for basketball again?
1: Uh, not a standalone, but, um, you know, as we'll talk later, you know, Goodwin, we have really started to ramp up our, our, our uh, you know, our checklist with basketball subjects. So we, we're, we're trying to find those guys we're, we've been we're trying to get ahead of it and, and kind of, you know, find those prospect players. So you'll find stuff like that more likely in Goodwin than in a standalone, but you never know down the road, potentially it could happen again.
0: Okay, cool. So here comes a question. This is one I would call a little bit more of a challenging question that uh, Rod is asking, but this is a good question. So let's see what you have to say about this one, Tony. He wants to know who makes the decision to reduce the number of hits in sets like SP Authentic. Is it purely financial in nature? So if I, because I want to make sure I understand the question, I think year to year sometimes you'll see there's two autographs and three jersey cards in a, in a box of whatever, and then they're then the next year it comes out. And maybe there's one autograph and two jersey cards or or whatever that may be. But sometimes we also see the configuration change from 36 packs to 24 packs or even from 24 packs to one pack. We've seen with things like Black Diamond in the past. But I know Rod is asking specifically about SB Authentic. Can you uh, can you speak to this at all, Tony?
1: Yeah, uh, very, very, uh, you know close to, to me, obviously working on SP authentic. And I remember, you know, the first year I worked on that was sixteen seventeen, which was the year where we decided to move away from the three auto guarantee per box. So I am guessing that's what Rod, what Rod is uh, referencing. Um, you know, financials is a part of it. Um, getting the product out to you guys on time is another part of it. You know, when you're, when you're producing, and a product like that, where you're you're guaranteeing three autos or two two autos, um, getting those autographs back from the athletes, as we we kind of talked about earlier, that that can delay things. So, you know, when you reduce that number, and again, we did also take into account and reduce the number of packs, and kind of uh, you know we adjusted some things with the bounty program, which has been insanely successful every year. That one's been a it's been completely uh, you know run through there's no more of those spectrum FX sets available i think even this year they're all gone um so you know we kind of adjusted that and we 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 now guarantee two to three and you'll at least get one or two of those bounty cards so you're still getting you know uh like four type of like main hits but you know finances is a part but also just you know the you know the the redemption need the the delay of the products there was a lot of different things that kind of came in um came into play with making that decision um so yeah, great question
0: for sure. And who who makes that decision? Is that is that you at the product manager level at upper deck? Is it Grant at the director level?
1: It's a it's a group decision, really. I mean, Grant Grant, you know, is is you know, has years of wisdom and, and knows how knows what he's doing. He he makes those tough decisions. So yeah, I mean, it would be more you know more more Grant making that decision. But again, we all discuss that, and that's discussed with our with our sales department and other key departments like how is the, you know, how is the hobby community gonna react to something like this if we're making a change like that? So, um, you know, there was some controversy with that, but I think the product still performs very well. I think it, it opens well, it rips well. Um, a lot of times those bounty cards are worth a lot more than the third auto you were getting. You know, we still make sure you get your one future watch auto, which is really, you know, the key auto everyone's looking for mainly. Um, you know so so in that sense i i feel comfortable with what we did but um i can understand why there would be big questions about that
0: for, for me as if i'm opening the product i i you know it doesn't matter to me if i get a filler type auto of a no name to me that's not even a for me that's not even a hit it's just filler it's you know it, i don't even know if it, sometimes it doesn't even deserve a penny sleeve and a one and, and a top loader but oftentimes <laughs> it does but anyway Um, Okay. Well, thank you for that uh, reply. And Rod, I hope that uh, gave you some information you were looking for. Uh, Billy says, Jeremy, I can't believe you've lasted this long without talking about your favorite inserts from Synergy. (laughs) Well, we we have Synergy on the list. It it is there. And we are going to talk about it next, Billy. I promise you. Also, Tony, can you text me the answer to the trivia question in case there's any Rose Lavelle autos in the box? So, no, do not text him the question or the I answer. I promise, I didn't. I didn't really
1: text him. Of can't course, not.
0: Billy. And, and Billy, if I see you with the answer, I'm just going to ignore you anyway. You can't win. You're not. Yeah, eligible. Billy
1: cannot win. Billy's you? not. Billy's got a. He's he's disqualified from this one.
0: No, no employees of Upper Deck are eligible to win the box of Goodwin that we're going to give away a little bit later tonight. Uh, Scott says I'm happier with less game used and autographs, but more technology inserts. Me too. Me too, Scott. That's what I love. That's what I love. So with that, let's talk about Synergy for a minute because Synergy is one of those polarizing products. You either love it or you hate it. I hear, I see people post, you know, Upper Deck does a a post on Facebook and talking about a Synergy post. And then you see people just being super mean about it. Like, you know, crap product. They'll they'll just type in crap product. It's like, geez, you know, people, people put some energy and effort into it just because you don't like It doesn't mean it's necessarily crap, but anyway let's talk about Synergy because it is so polarizing. I'm someone who loves it, but I love, I love those, uh, a true rare base card. Yeah. A technology base card, like, like synergy has like a base card that's out of 17, 18, 19 or 20 is very appealing to me because it's a very rare card. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Synergy and how you guys respond to this, to, to some of this negative feedback it's received over the years.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was told that early on to to have you know you're gonna have to have thick skin you can't take it personal not everyone's gonna love your your concept and, and what you you know your your vision but uh, I am glad to see that there's collectors that have started to kind of appreciate the set but um, you know when we first came up with that the first year you know we really wanted to do something extremely technology driven. Uh, I was inspired by the old EX sets from the late 90s. You know, some of the technology, some of that is, is similar. So I wanted to create something similar to that. And then, again, we, we kind of flipped it on its head and we're like, you know, every other set, the base cards are, are the most common cards. Why don't we make the true base cards the most rare cards? So, you know, Grant and I worked a long time and, and put a lot of thought into that. Um, there's some things we could we would have done differently if you know if we had it to do over year one, but we've heard a, we've heard feedback and we we revamped that set um, quite a bit year year by year. You know we've we've added more crash numbering, we've added more you know different sort of technology to the inserts, uh, the autograph delivery. Um, you know you're starting to see a little bit more and more of the autos, but those aren't the real draw to that set. Really, like you're saying, you want those true. The true base rookies are beautiful cards, and I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna go up a lot over time. I think if you sit on some of those, they are gonna be, um, you know, maybe just like some of those ex sets and some of those sets in the late '90s weren't appreciated right away. I think a set like this will will grow over time. I, I think uh, I, I I have high hopes for it in that sense.
0: I think you're right. Couple couple comments. The first one is. When you added autos to synergy, it it made it less desirable for me. I would pay more for the card without an auto than I would with the auto because i the auto takes away from the card for me. That's the first comment I want to make. Um, okay. Second comment about you know values um, increasing over time. So, I have a a friend who used to be like one of the biggest collectors of of cup rookie patch autos. You know, out of ninety nine and two forty nine, and spent a lot of money on getting the best patches possible. He's basically stopped that, and now he and and he, you know, he had influence as a he had collector type of influence for a while. He's now collecting synergy rookies. He loves them. Loves. He he just bought two cases. I was over his place a couple nights ago. He let me crack three boxes of it. He picked up two cases from the local local shop and opened it looking for that. So synergy has fans. It's 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 a sleeper product. I I truly believe that. So. Um, and, and there are some comments coming in about it. So let's just have a quick look at those. Um, Scott says, get Patrick Waugh into Synergy as well. LOL, just put him into everything. <laughs> of course, Scott, why not, right? Just put them into everything. Chris West says, Synergy has a lot of cool designs in it. Can't get new stuff without trying new ideas. People complain, this is great. People complain if they don't innovate and then they whine when they try to innovate. So true, right? It's like. You, yeah. as, as workers, <laughs> you can't please everybody, that's okay. Can't please everybody, but at the same time, I see it all the time. I see it on Hobby Insider message boards. I see it on Facebook. You know, people, they say we need competition because we wanna see some innovation. Well, I think I think the companies understand that innovation is not, that that they need to bring innovation in the absence of multi, a multi-license situation. Um, and so they do innovate. But for some reason, a lot of people in the hobby choose not to notice that. And then when they when they do notice it, they they crap on it a lot of the time. you know? So I like when we see comments, positive comments, it's nice to see because, like you said, somebody's gonna like everything and somebody's not gonna like everything too. So you're gonna have it both ways. But Chris, you nailed it on the head there with that comment. That's been a common theme in the hobby for many years now. Jason says, "I love synergy mainly because Upper Deck gave me a free box at the summit when it first released. Got a nice Malkin metal card. Nice. Yeah, those metal cards are pretty cool. That's something. That that's an innovation right there. Mm-hmm. And really going to the uh, going to the low serially numbered base card was a somewhat of an innovation as well. Um, Whether well, was oh the other what was the other comment I had with that? It slipped my mind. It'll come back to me. Chris says, would be cool to see die cuts or something of the more common.'" base parallel so there's a there's a decent uh, decent uh suggestion scott's color shift and glow shift were very cool so those were those were i believe um what do we call them easter egg inserts that came out each in, in successive years of trilogy of uh of synergy and i agree i i have a few glow shifts and a few color shifts in my collection and then i think this year the the insert that replaced those was was it the star quest, the that's, Die right. quest? that's right that's right yeah. yeah, those are those are pretty cool too. Legion, here we go. Not a fan of synergy. And you see, that's fine. Like it's Absolutely. fine to not be a fan of synergy. Yeah. Where I take issue is where you like aggressively try to, to to ruin it, you know, by by just spread, you know. It's fine not to like it. It's not so anyway. People, hey, freedom of speech, freedom of exactly. speech. Exactly. And
1: that's why we create various brands and we try to do different things so that there's different you know, different tastes, different sort of look and different feel of cards. So like, yeah, I totally respect that. It's not for you know, everyone I understand that.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's almost nice to know sometimes if you have a product that people really don't like, but then you have other people that really like it, those people that really like it are going to stay loyal to it. And right. that's way more important than the people that don't like it because the people that don't like it aren't contributing to its success, to its... Um, success by, uh, in terms of bringing it back year over year. Yeah. Sean makes a great comment. Card appeal is in the eye of the collector. It comes back to the main, main thing. We should all be, you know, living by in this hobby is collect what you like. Yeah. And just because someone else doesn't like it, doesn't mean you don't have to like it unless you just also don't like it. But let's try and be kind of individuals in all this and and collect what we do like. I think it's the best way to guarantee you enjoy the hobby in the long run. Yeah. yeah. Everyone uh as D Cabral says, everyone likes their own thing, collect what you like. Yeah, bingo, no doubt about it. And Great at the same time, don't, it's obvious, but don't collect what you don't like. <laughs> or maybe don't try and make the company go bankrupt because you don't like the product. So, okay, interesting stuff. So that we've covered off OPG, we've covered off some SP Authentic, some Synergy. You also work on Artifacts and Black Diamond. Anything mm-hmm. about those products you wanna mention quickly?
1: Uh, let's see. Black diamond. You know, I love that set. Um, there's going to be a nice, you know, the diamond cards are really the big chase in black diamond. We, we, again, we wanted to create something that wasn't, um, you know, wasn't all autograph driven. We wanted to kind of create a new card that was, you know, technology or, or something different. So the diamond relics, um, we're expanding on that this year. Uh, there's going to be a variety of color parallels. So kind of like a rainbow chase now for Black Diamond. So those are going to be beautiful cards. Uh, I'm excited for you guys to see all those cards.
0: That's a really that's really cool to hear. Yeah, D says Black Diamond are incredible. There's a fan for that. Sean says, don't worry, I get crapped on for collecting my Leafs. I'm sure you do. The Leafs are a polarizing team. Either you love them or you hate them. There's not much in between there. That's for sure. Right. Well, Sean, sorry to see what happened to your Leafs this year. You know, I thought they were gonna win that last game after come after that amazing comeback. I mean right. how they couldn't carry that momentum into the next game is really uh, I thought they were going to. I thought they were gonna win. I went heavy on Leafs and my DraftKings the next day and I clearly lost that uh that day of uh, Daily Fantasy Sports. But um okay, before we talk about Opeachy Platinum, so I want to talk about that briefly. I just mm-hmm. want to see what uh, what Jason has. To say. artifacts and Black Diamond are my all-time favorite brands. Big thank you for putting them out every year. There you go. Thank you for a nice positive comment, Jason. Thank you for enjoying them. Thank you guys. And and now you know Jason, the man behind him. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Always nice. that's what's again. It's the best part about the show is bringing people from card companies and other companies within this hobby and introducing you to the to the collectors. I think it. I think it's it's great. It's it goes a long way. So. Legion says artifacts is fun to chase the rookie redemptions, particularly before the checklist is announced. Yeah, that's a, a long-standing tradition in artifacts, are those redemptions for the draft pick, for sure, for sure. Okay, let's talk Opie Platinum. So a, a very popular set that, to me, is our version uh, in terms of our being the hockey collectors' world world version of prism in basketball, and I say that because of all the parallels. Prism has a, and just because we're using the word crap so much, a crap ton of, of parallels. And I love them. I love I love nice parallels. Opeachy Platinum has a lot of parallels as well. But what I've noticed is that they've changed a little bit. So the prior year's product, you came out with the Arctic Freeze. It was numbered out of 79. It came out again this year, but it was numbered out of 99. And then you came out this year with something called Sunset and something called, I think, Pond Hockey or something like that. So... My main, my my first question in terms of um, Opichi Platinum is sort of like, how do you, how do you come up with a name Arctic Freeze or or um, Sunset? And are you always looking for new inserts to add to the library of inserts within that set? And do they, re- does Sunset replace something else? And I finally remembered the third thing I was gonna ask you when we talked about Synergy. So hold on to the Opichi Platinum questions that I just asked. You mentioned, a, you mentioned crash numbering, and I like to always clarify things that, you know, people from card companies might might use in their regular language that us collectors may not understand. So I've heard the term before, but can you explain what crash numbering means? Sure.
1: Um, it, for me, I kind of had to learn, you know, the, the, inner, the intermingled lingo with that. But, you know, you, you hear the terms either like serial numbered or crash numbered. It's the same thing. Um, you know, whenever you see a, a serial numbered card, it's also crash numbered. It relates to the machine actually that they use to serial number cards. So it's a big press that they, you know, when it comes down, I guess somewhere along the line, someone's like, it's almost like it comes crashing down when they, when they stamp the card. Um, so it, it literally comes from the process. The number is like crashed onto the card. So it's just the serial numbering. Whenever you see that, uh, foil, um, foil serial numbering—that's the same as crash numbering.
0: Okay, thank you. Okay, thank. That was for my benefit. I hope other people were interested in that as well. So we're not wasting all your guys' time out there, just mine. Uh, okay, so let's let's go back to OPG Platinum now. What can you tell us uh, about everything? But before you do, uh, Chris West makes the company says they got Arctic Freeze from watching Batman Forever. Mister <laughs> Freeze had all the gold puns. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> Paul says that was the that was two hours of my life. I'll never get back. Yeah. Hey, if a if a if an in if a parallel for Opiech Platinum came out of that movie, maybe that's the best thing that came out of it. Why don't you take it from here, Tony? Tell us a little bit about how you guys plan the parallels in Opiech Platinum. Um,
1: yeah, I am a Batman fan. I love Mister Freeze. I wasn't thinking of that movie when we did that one, but. Uh... You know, we just wanted something, something, you know, a beautiful, you know, very bright, colorful card. And you know, ice relates to hockey. It, the, it, you know, it, it's so connected to the sport. So, you know, what could we do to come up with something that's like a frozen or like some sort of a, you know, some sort of theme like that? So, you know, just coming up with different, different ideas. Like, you know, Billy and I, JT Grant, we'll all kind of just, you know sit around and talk through that some days. We'll just have kind of, you know, planning sessions. Like, well, we need some new inserts. Like what would be some new cool color combinations or, 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 or background themes. So, you know, some of those parallels you'll notice it's, it's, you'll just see like a color shift or you'll see, um, you know, some sort of a pattern, like the patterns that they use, like it's, whether it's a prism foil or, um, you know, like the, the circular gold you always see on one of ones, like the golden treasure paper. So we'll always, we'll also do something where we'll pay for, full uh new four color printing what that basically means is that we want to adjust the whole background so like on a card like an arctic freeze it's a little more involved because you're almost redesigning the whole background of the card Um, same thing with the uh the sunset card again we just wanted some beautiful colorful looking card um hadn't seen anyone else do that so we're like let's let's try that out i thought those were some of the best looking cards Um, I didn't make it really rare. I made I made it a pretty you see, I think a few of those per box, but probably could have made that a super rare card with how beautiful those were. Uh but yeah, it's just really just kind of brainstorming and trying to coming up with unique, colorful, beautiful looking cards. So um always always open to new ideas or new suggestions from you guys. But some of them we replace, you would ask if they're replaced or new. We do a little bit of both, we try to keep the numbering consistent. Um, so, now, if you are if you're selling me Arctic Freeze move, like, that's a rare thing. Like, we won't do that as much. We usually try to keep, you know, an Arctic Freeze, you know, at the same numbering. Uh, but then we'll introduce new ones so that we can kind of show either a new a new number or if we want it to be kind of more mysterious and a ratio um, and, and not put a number on the card. So there's a little bit of both going
0: on. Okay. I'll just say I love the Golden Treasures, the one Those are yeah. awesome to look at. But oh, yeah. I love the, of course, I love the rarest ones, the Emerald Surges out of 10. <laughs> And right. then I, you know, the orange checkers I think are out of twenty-five. I don't, lo- I, I, I love them, but I really like the uh, the gold seismics that are usually out of fifty. Super nice, yeah. Those oh yes, yeah. so we're very
1: protective of that. Grant, Grant taught me early on, like. Don't mess with the numbers too much. Like collectors will enjoy that year over year that, you know, your seismics are always 50. Your emeralds are always 10. Your orange are always 25. So we do keep that in mind. So I, I appreciate that, uh, that, that you, that you enjoy that. It's good. Yeah,
0: I do. I certainly do. Okay. A few minutes ago, Sean says definitely loving exquisite series one and two black diamond. That's great. You know, and again, we all like different things. That's for sure. For sure. Um, Chris about Batman, uh, Batman Furby says, I saw it in the theaters. Please don't remind me. Chris uh, Paul says, at least it was only seven bucks back then. And then he comes and says, still a ripoff.
1: Yeah. I remember as a kid walking out of Batman and Robin. And there weren't too many movies then that I didn't like. But Batman and Robin was pretty tough. Even as a yeah. kid, I was like, what just happened? What did what, I just
0: watch? What was that? What was that? Sean says, saw a McDavid Arctic freeze get pulled two days ago. Pretty okay. cool. Pretty cool. Uh, and then Jason Pringle says Northern lights would be a cool peachy platinum insert concept. Hey, maybe it's already in the works. Cause that to me, that's an obvious one, like a real obvious one. So we
1: did uh, it's interesting. You mentioned that you, you'd briefly mentioned coast to coast. The, that was the set you were chasing when we, when we last chatted in person at the, uh, at the expo, we did a parallel in there that turned out beautiful and we were kind of trying to uh, play it off of the Northern lights kind of look. Uh, I think it was called Polar Lights. I think we had to change the name was a little different, but no, that's a great idea. Those cards go check out those cards from from coast to coast. If you're if you if you think you'd like a northern lights looking card, I think you'd enjoy those. They turned out really nice.
0: And Coast to Coast was the product that was uh, distributed exclusively at Canadian tire stores up here in Canada. So, that's um, yeah, I cracked my share of that. And I was chasing some of those uh, catalog relics, which were kind of fun to to chase back then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> okay, awesome. Dave Hart pulled the one-on-one SPX Philip Adina the other day. They are beautiful. There you go. Congrats. Thomas Newman, yo-yo to you. Welcome to the show. Scott loved it in the Timmy set. The Patrick Waugh is beautiful. Those parallels are gorgeous, right? It was Can- the Canadian Tire set. Yes, it was. Paul wants to know, has Tony ever seen the real Northern Lights, the Aurora Borealis? I would love to.
1: That would be amazing to come and, to come see that sometime
0: they are they are awesome they are very neat when you can see them for sure um sean says any thoughts on canadian exclusive inserts i'm not sure what what that refers to do you know what he's talking about there uh
1: uh-uh. uh um okay, I guess maybe just like you'd only get them um in the in canadian product i guess but yeah you mm-hmm. know not at this time nothing that i can think of
0: okay Well, no worries. He can clarify or not. Let's move on. So you mentioned a few minutes ago, you said, you know, you're always open to suggestions from the collectors and as to what you might do with a product next year. So that kind of is a great segue into the next topic I wanted to discuss, which was really, you know, when you're at the card shows, are you are you open to people coming up to you and just talking about the products? Do you? Yeah and and not only are you open to it because i know you are that was a that was a, a loaded <laughs> type of question or a, a rhetorical question i should say is it something that you want more of i should say like it, it, is it part of the strategy is well let's see what collectors say at the expo in november before we do this do you is that, yeah. that work into your guys's uh planning each year it absolutely does we i I can
1: say for everyone in our department, you know, we do take into consideration what the collectors think about the sets, what you like, what you don't like. And those opportunities are the best times. Yeah. I mean, I've had hour long conversations with you and other collectors at that show and I'm all for it. I'm sad we couldn't do it this year. So I look forward to being able to do it again. And yeah, you know, for me, um i usually go to the spring expo billy billy works on ud1 so it really makes sense for billy to be at the fall show that's when ud1 is released it's a kind of it's kind of coincides with that show um so there's a lot of collectors there that he can get a ton of feedback on that set so when i go in the spring it's great because you know you're talking about it platinum is usually ripped a lot um spx you know some of those other later, you know, in the year, like mid-year kind of products are out. So yeah, I, it's it's amazing for me to go and and get that get that feedback and have those conversations. And uh, you know, I love it. I love to to hear what you guys think and 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 what we can do to do better. Um, again, I want to make things that you guys will enjoy, that the collectors are going to want to buy. And I, I try to think of it that way. Will they? Would would I want to buy this? If I was if I was collecting this set, you know, and spending my harder money, is it something that I would want to? To, to be purchasing so yeah i think and i can say that for all of us in our department we all care we all we're all in it for the love of the game and we love this and and we're all trying to make the best stuff we can so that feedback is very important to us
0: well yeah and you you're you came from a collecting background so it, you know it's great to have collectors doing this because you kind of can put on that hat and say, what are these guys going to want? So that's awesome. That's awesome. Tom Newman. I got some Northern lights. Okay. That's a certain strain, I'm sure. Uh, And a little bit of a laugh. Good for you. I love it. I love it. Okay. Billy says, uh, do you ever look at the cubicle next to you and ask when is that guy going to clean up his desk? Is he ever going to throw those Mountain Dew bottles away? So for anyone who doesn't know, Billy and Tony are both product managers for Upper Deck. They must obviously work right beside each other uh, when they are able to work in the office. That is. Yeah. Uh, So pretty funny, Billy. Thanks for still joining us. Appreciate you being here and even appreciate you saying to me, Hey, you got to get Tony on the show. So that was, that was great too. I do Um, miss Billy and his messy desk. I miss it every day. So
1: hopefully we'll all be back to, you know, some sort of normal and and be doing, be, be back in our day to day. But yeah, we're used to seeing each other Monday through Friday and, what do you think of this crazy idea for an insert? What do you think of this idea? So, you know, we still do that. We call each other and, and everything, but you know, that, that, that in-person collaboration, then we can all kind of do it. You know, we miss that. So now he, he, he's uh. He's not going to clean up those Mountain Dew bottles. He's, he's he's saying that, but he's not going to clean them up. never going to Tells them they're going to be there. So I think
0: it's almost like he's taunting you. He's taunting you to see if you're going to clean them up for him one of these days. Okay. I know so,
1: better than to do that. I don't go in his cube. I will I leave it there, but, it, yeah, it's a little bit like the odd couple in that sense. Mine's, I try to keep mine pretty clean, but, um, no, it, it'll, it'll be nice to get back to that and see that messy desk
0: stay out of there tony you don't want to you don't want to have you don't want to get lost and not find your way back out okay let's keep going so I, another topic i want to discuss is how you guys are adding value to products without adding more me- like what what the traditional hits autographs and memorabilia mm-hmm. you know you're building products you know you know that the the customer the hobby the collectors we want value out of these boxes how do you guys do that without adding more autographs and memorabilia? Uh, you know, great
1: question. Uh, you know, trial and error. There's there's some some ideas that we'll come up with that we think will, will will set the world on fire, and it might not necessarily work out that way. But, um, you know, some of them will will really hit. You know, the uh, you know, I think about like the fanimation cards again. Like uh, Billy Billy put those into UD one or UD2 uh, is like an Easter egg, like kind of the animated, like, uh, you know, colorful art cards of the hockey guys. So, you know, there's no autos, there's no mem. It's, it's just kind of a rare, nice, nice hit. And, and people love them. So, you know, that was something like, I'd love to put that into to Goodwin. So he was like, yeah, you can borrow that. You can put that in Goodwin. So this year, you know, you got Jordan and Gretzky and LeBron Fanimation cards. So you're adding big, nice, valuable cards of these key players that um, you don't need to wait for them to send you autographs. You don't have to, you know, there's not there's not that much Jordan jersey anymore. Um, you know, that stuff's not coming, coming by too much. So um, we're always just trying to come up with new, whether that's retros, whether that's, you know, something completely new. But, um, you know, we're seeing it across the whole hobby right now, right? There's so many cards now that are just, you know, um, like I call them ink on paper, just like, you know, literally ink and paper printing. We're not, there's no memorabilia, there's no autograph. Um, and the, the values are just, you know, skyrocketing on, on everything. So it's good to see that for sure. Um, and I think that we do a really good job of that in hockey with all of our, sets, kind of, you know, including some sort of, um, inserts or hits that, that you don't need that. You don't need to rely on the autographs. So, yeah, yeah. I,
0: I, that's what I, I prefer a hit to be something unique looking, whether it's a die cut cardboard on acetate or die cut acetate on cardboard or just acetate or, sort of that canvas material that has been done for infanimations before as well. Sure. Like, yeah, I see value in, in unique sort of technology cards myself. I much prefer that to a no name autograph, especially if it's a sticker autograph on a card that to me is not nearly as interesting. Uh, Chris just wants, wants you to know that it would be a shame if someone glued one of those Mountain Dew bottles to Billy's desk one day, that would be, that would sure be a shame, wouldn't it? When now it. he's
1: going to know who did it, Chris. You just, can't, yeah. that's the only problem he's watching. So yeah, go well, once, it's done,
0: once it's done, Billy, you can't do anything about it anyway. So Rod has a great question. Does Upper Deck look at aftermarket sales on eBay or ComC as examples? And does it affect how products are created and designed I Really, I, I want to just kind of think about the question because I've, I've asked it before. I've wondered it over the years. I think the secondary market is of huge importance to upper deck. I I think it, and i I, sorry. I don't know if it is or it isn't. I believe it should be. And I believe long-term, the long-term value of these cards is something that upper deck should be cognizant of and, and trying to protect to hit to Rod's question. Does up, do you guys look at the secondary market and does that information help you, you know, decide how to build a set, how to, how to configure it. And maybe how, you know, how many, what to number certain cards to, et cetera. Uh,
1: yes. To answer the question. Yes, absolutely. We spend time every day on those sites, um, researching the prices of our products of our sets. Um, you know, that's important when a product releases, you know, the first month or so to try to track your values, to make sure things are, are you know valuing properly if it's an insert that's been done year over year and maybe it's maybe it's kind of become a little stale you might start to see the the value slide after a few years so we're we're looking at all that um the 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 production and the you know the financials we put into a certain card maybe we'll spend a lot of money to make a certain card that we think is going to be you know, uh, you know, be, be met with a lot of fanfare. And if it doesn't quite do that, that's something we'll reevaluate, you know, eh, spend a lot to make these. They're not really valuing. Let's try something else. Let's try to give them something different. Um, so yes, we absolutely use those. It is a, is a great tool, um, to be able to track, you know, again, I mean, how many cards are sold on a daily basis at this point, I, I couldn't even tell you, but on eBay and on ComSeat. So, you know, yeah, we do, we absolutely use them.
0: Okay, good. There you go, Rod. Hope that's helpful for you. Steven wants to know is Everdeck gonna produce a team USA football set this year? I've passed the
1: baton on that one, so I don't have a I don't have an answer. Um I don't see why we wouldn't be. Um I don't know with everything with COVID though, if all those games are able to be played and you know, the logistics of that, like that could affect a set like that, because you know, you need those those uh, you know, the team USA um you know, games to happen. I think it's in Dallas every year, the USA football program. So yeah, I I hope so. I don't have an exact answer for you on that though.
0: Okay, no worries, no worries. Let's uh, before we get in and talk a little bit about kind of where the hobby's at right now. I want your perspective on what's going on. I mean, obviously it's a hot topic. I like to talk about it with everybody, get everybody's perspective. But before we do that, quickly tell the story about uh, when you got to work with Wayne Gretzky. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah. So I was lucky enough to have an encounter with the great one. Um, a few years ago in Orlando or actually, yeah, I believe it was in Orlando. We had our CDD conference and we had Wayne Gretzky there as like our, as our, as our special surprise guest for all attendees. Um, and and he did a little event with Kevin Smith. It was amazing event. Um, hoping you guys will see a video of that one day. I'm hoping that gets out to the to, to collectors and fans to see that event, but it was really special. Um, and at the end, everyone who attended got to meet Wayne. So everyone got to take a picture with Wayne. Um, you know, for upper deck staff it was just a quick group photo. Like, just let's do a quick shot with him. And for me, he, in the photo, which I don't have the photo cause it's, in, it's at the office, which I haven't been to in months, but in the photo he's behind me, I'm kind of kneeling and he has his hand on my shoulder. So that was like my, that'll be my connection to Wayne. Like, you know, I have the hand on the shoulder in the photo. Yeah, uh, I'll have to get you the photo so you can see it, but no, we, uh, it a special, special feeling, special moment for me um, that I'll always have that. So yeah, that's my, that's my memory with him. At
0: least my first memory. Uh, it's too bad we didn't think of it and uh, got that picture we could have shared it on the screen, but that's okay. Next time, man. For okay, sure. So, so Let's just have a quick discussion because I I do want to open up this box. Guys, if you're joining a little bit late, Upper Deck sent me this box along with this shirt, Wake and Break. It's got a reference in there. Thomas Newman, you'll know what that reference is. Um, We're going to open this up. We're going to send all the hits to one lucky viewer. And Tony has a trivia question loaded and ready to go. So we're going to get to that as soon as we finish this discussion and hear Tony's perspective on what's going on in the hobby right now. But before we do that, I also want to mention, guys, if you are new to the show, if this is your first time watching Sports Cards Live, thank you for joining us. Thank you to Upper Deck and Tony Sirianni for bringing new viewers to the show. I appreciate that from all my guests. We are starting a new show. It's going to debut this evening. About half an hour after we finish here at twelve thirty Eastern, nine thirty Pacific, called Sports Cards Live After Hours. I do have a guest coming on to join me. I don't know if he's still in the audience, but he was earlier. And uh, we are going to just really sit back. We're gonna we're gonna debrief this episode, the Tony episode, a little bit. Maybe show some cards. Um, I have a few things planned, so that should be a that should be fun. It'll be more relaxing, less pressure on me to kind of juggle everything going on at once so i'm looking forward to that it'll be fun and i'm going to be able to take about a 15 minute break in between so that'll be great so again if you are new though and you have not yet subscribed to the youtube channel before we went live today we were at 994 subscribers six away from that magic number of 1000 which i i'm so excited to get to because this channel i've only you know the first episode of the show was in april and here we are may june July. Literally uh, four months and a week later, and we're almost at a 1,000 subscribers. So if you haven't yet subscribed on YouTube, please do. I would greatly appreciate it. And um, yeah, I think that's about it for that right now. Um, Yeah, check out After Hours. It's going to come on Saturdays, and uh, we're going to get to this in a minute. Tony, the market is on fire. Every card, you know, are selling for double to 10 or 20 times what they were a year ago i tell the story almost every episode i bought a Kawhi leonard prism rookie last year psa 10 in, in chicago the national i paid 270 dollars for it you know at the beginning of probably in may it was time for 2000 now it's like almost five thousand dollars 270 a year ago to this month august of last year right. so like almost five thousand dollars now it, it's, it's absolutely crazy What is your take on it? How do you, what what do you perceive? What's your perception of it all? How do you make sense of it? Well,
1: yeah. First, congrats to you for being savvy enough to pick that up at the show. Um, You know, it's incredible to see the values. It's I don't know if it's a perfect storm of, um, you know, people kind of diversifying their investments and they're seeing trading cards as a as, as a as a good spot to do that. You know covid people are home people are are enjoying like old hobbies and and they have the time for it i don't really know i wish i had the answer as to why and 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 what's the cause exactly but i think it's a lot of different factors i just think that um you know it's it's the nostalgia of the you know the 80s and 90s and, and and you know people like myself as a kid i didn't have the money to to invest heavily in cards and to buy cards. But, you know, now I'm an, I'm older, I'm an adult. I still act like a kid, but I'm an adult. And, uh, you know, you have more, you have more means, you can buy more cards, you can buy more of that stuff. So I think right now it's just, you know, people are just loving the nostalgia and there's so much the products are great. I mean, between, uh, between ourselves and the competitors, we're all, Ooh, look at that. I'm, every, I'm, every, every,
0: every I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm just. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm no gonna. Start, I'm gonna start opening this because. Um, but I'm not gonna interrupt you, and I'll show. I'll kind of show the cards. I'll do it like the breakers do. I'll try and keep it all in view yeah. most of the time, if I can. I really have nowhere to put. Well, yeah. Anyway, I'll. <laughs> I'll, I'll start. I'll start opening these packs, but you. I'm so, I'm sorry to interrupt you, Tony. I really am. No keep on going, and uh, if I get a nice hit, I'll kind of uh, give you the signal that we got to show a card
1: yeah i i I just think it's a combination of things and it's great for everybody who's involved I'm, i'm 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 happy to see new collectors i hope they keep coming i i you know i think it i think it is a testament to all of the manufacturers though that everyone's making compelling sets and sets that you know hold value and obviously go up in value so it's i just think it's we've learned the industry's learned from the past and when there's been booms and overproduction. Now people have, you know, we've kind of course corrected. So it's, it's all good. And I think everyone should just enjoy and ride the wave. We'll see how long it goes with this kind of, uh, you know, heightened values and surging in prices, but it's, it's a good thing.
0: And I'm going to follow up with, do you think it's sustainable?
1: Uh, I think that there's some sort of correction that'll come at some point, but I don't know when or what will cause that. I mean, I'm not really sure. I, I never thought that cards that would be that mass produced, you know, it's just kind of a base rookie could hit those kind of values. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really, I don't really know for sure, but, but uh, there's no sign of it right now. There's no, no. sign of it slowing down.
0: None of us can really see the future that way. So it's tough, it's tough to, we're all speculating. I, I, I've said it before, I'll say it one more time. I, th- I think that, that these new values are better supported now. they it's not like it's gonna crash or a bubble's gonna burst, sure. I, can, I can see a leak, but I think we're in, in a new era right now uh, because of how many new entrants there are and they're gonna protect their investments to, to a right. certain degree as well, okay. Yeah, uh, exactly. Couple quick comments here. Uh, Sean loves the shirt. Thank you, Sean. D. Cabral loves the show. Thank you, D. Cabral. And uh, card collector says that's insane. I think you're talking about the Kawhi Leonard. Yes, that is an insane game. But I, like you said, I was lucky enough to buy one at the right time. Okay, so here we go. The reason why I didn't start opening is because I thought, you know what, I'm going to hit some cards, and you may as well talk about them. This is the box. It's pretty cool. I always like the box. It's just a, it's a, it's like a cigar box. You know, it has that nice feel to it and nice art all over. So, I'm going to pull out some I'm just going to put it down, guys. Sorry that you can't see it. Let's go. I'm going to open up some of these packs and we'll see what comes out of here, Tony, and if there's anything that, you know, requires sort of a some kind of comment from you. Oh, we have our first decoy, which is great for mailing. The a nice tiger card. So, t- talk a little bit about these tiger cards. This the sorry, this is the this is the lion card. Talk about because I, I noticed the lion yeah. cards.
1: So, so, in the past, in Goodwin, in our base set, there's been instances where we'll like you know we'll do tributes to to politicians or, um, yeah, cards look great. Um, you know we'll do tributes to certain subjects, but we'll do animals sometimes. So this year we thought, what if we just do a couple tributes via animals of some of our subjects? So we did a tiger and a lion as kind of a tribute to Tiger Woods and LeBron James.
0: Oh, okay. I did not yeah. understand that. Okay, that makes sense. We have a mini in this pack, another decoy, and we have a mini card of, uh, oh, a nice one, Bianca Andriescu, the Canadian nice. player who one uh the what what tournament did she just win was it uh Wimbledon or, or the us open I don't even remember which one it was but
1: yeah she's a big her biggest match not so to date is the one she beat Serena that's still like kind of like an epic one but yeah we were so happy when we got her for good she's gonna be a good one for years to come that's definitely great. Hold on her and she's got some you know exquisite cards and some big time cards in this set so I,
0: I definitely wanted to hold on to okay so there's I I get, I consider that to be a hit, a mini, uh, a mini. Is that a hit to you guys, or not really? Uh, well, I mean, we give we we kind of solicited as three hits, right? Like you to get three sort of like
1: mem or auto type of cards, but yeah, I think the minis should be should be considered a hit too.
0: Okay, and what about these Gaudi inserts? The uh, Timothy We uh soccer player, soccer player, yeah. I mean, this is sort of an insert because you only get three or four or five of these per box or whatever the number is. Yeah, right? we,
1: we do it as like a like a subset exactly goudy's a subset in there you got it
0: okay oh I was gonna say no one else of interest but the rapper Scarface so you always get interesting cards in uh, in Goodwin Champions.
1: Yeah we but, go very eclectic for sure with the checklist. Yeah,
0: it really is it really for is one right.
1: chance we get to do that. So we like to have some fun with it. It's a pop culture, music, television, film we kind of we kind of try to spread it out and this year. I think we did a great job. It's, it's pretty diverse as far as the, the subjects you're going to find.
0: It's always diverse like that. Yeah. All right. Let's just how many packs in the box? We had 20 packs. So this shouldn't take packs. too long to bust through these. There's another decoy. So that means probably not much in this pack. No, nothing that I recognize of importance the base cards. Let's see what we have in this pack. Here, oh, this is kind of cool. This might be a, this is a hit. This is a mini Goodwin Champions, but it's the lumberjack version. Oh yeah, nice. Tiger Woods. That's very cool. That's a nice one. Am I eligible to win this?
1: These hits? <laughs> you might. Billy might have to. Might veto you since he got vetoed on that. I'm not sure.
0: Except that possession is nine tenths of the law. And they're right <laughs> in my hand. So.
1: Yeah, you got him on that. That's right. Not
0: have much control of that. Okay, not much Fair. else. Not pack. Let's keep going here. What do we have here? We have a decoy again, and we have one of these special. I don't. know, What, you, what do you call these ones? These really. Oh colorful- yeah,
1: splash of color. Yep. Rose yeah.
0: Rose Lavallee.
1: That's, like, that's like the continuation of the base uh, but yeah, real colorful, beautiful cards. Is
0: is it is it a parallel or is it a continuation?
1: It's a unique card, it's not a parallel. Yeah, it should be cards 101 through 150 are the splash of color.
0: Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Okay, decoy again, another splash of color here. This is Robin Bone, a pole vaulter. So you see real different kind of sports <laughs> that are even represented here. Nothing else of interest uh, from as far as I could tell. Keep on busting through these guys. One of you is going to win the hits from this. So stick around. Oh, here's a mini of RJ Hampton, a basketball player, a Gaudi mini. So it's like a mini parallel. That's pretty cool. Then we have, and I want to thank Chris Carlin from Upper Deck, your colleague for sending this over. That was really nice of him.
1: Very nice of Chris.
0: And it just worked out. I said earlier, I was going to do this when we hit a thousand subscribers. Maybe we're there by now. But I thought, you know what, you're on from Upper Deck, it's your product, now is the time to do it. We have the tiger card, or this is the tiger. So last time we had the uh, the lion, this is the tiger card. That's right. followed by a, an MJ base card. Is. All right, next up we have Another uh, decoy and then a color blast of Megan. Rap- I don't know, even not Rap- Rapino. Yeah, yeah, we'll consider those. We'll probably consider those hits unless the winner just says to keep them, in which case I won't bother mailing them just to save room in the envelope more than anything. Here is a Gaudi parallel of Laura Wilkinson, a diver. That's it in there. Mano Rayom, the female hockey player from the early 90s who did play a game, an exhibition game for the Tampa Bay Lightning, the only female player to ever do that. Just going to see what we have in the comments. There's been a bit coming on. Could leave. Well, I don't know why I picked that up. Sorry, mm-hmm. I didn't mean to click on that, but uh, I'm just going to go back up and see what we have. The card collector says, I feel like some people are happy riding the wave, blindly buying Luka Doncic base Prism PSA 10s and watching them go up in value. Once that card many others like it, Plateau, the flippers maybe he goes on i keep thinking about kevin smith for some reason paul says is there anything tony currently collects any grails you're looking for tony
1: oh yeah so again going back to chicago sports like those are really my main teams i'm kind of a team collector um i i more recent years, I've kind of started to appreciate like other signed memorabilia. So like my prize possession now with everything that's gone on this year is, uh, it was my, my Kobe Bryant signed ball. So I've got a Kobe ball. Um, that's probably my, my number one, uh, possession that I got. Um, I have an Anthony Rizzo bat his first baseman for the Cubs. And I got it as a gift from, from my, from my lady on our fifth anniversary, and uh, she she got me she got she got me the signing to meet him and get the bat signed and I wanted him to inscribe it happy fifth anniversary, and he didn't know how to spell the word anniversary, so uh, it has like an R added like totally out of place, but I love that it, it's one of my favorite pieces just because of the story behind it, um, and he's he's my favorite player, so yeah, those are those are probably two of my favorite favorite items I have. Uh, I've got some great cards, you know, I've got a great. Uh, one of my favorite hockey cards is my uh, my, my kane Makita duel that a, a fine gentleman uh, sold me a couple years ago. So that, that was your card, actually. You remember uh, that? Man. Yeah, you sold me that card. Yeah. I, I, I saw it at the Expo, and I was like, oh, I love that card. It's a beautiful card. Uh, that was before Stash had passed. And, and I think Billy picked it up at the next show from you or something for me. So
0: I'll always hold on to that, man. I love that card. Yeah. I, so I do I do remember that. I do remember that. Uh, Brian right. says, Goodwin, uh, sorry, Champs brand must, must have built following similar ideas. Goodwin. Yeah, I always kind of thought the same thing myself. Yeah, there's some similarities for sure. Jay Ghost says, love the Aesop's fables, relics, but for as hard as they are to pull, they aren't going for much. There's some feedback on secondary market. Yep. Billy says, Jeremy, can you talk about working on a cup pack out all Jeremy, you talk about working on a cup pack out all the time. That makes you ineligible. Fair enough, Billy. Fair enough. Yes. I was you're, you're like a yeah, you're a, an employee too. So I guess he's saying you're out. Yeah. I had the uh for, the, the the good fortune of being able to attend a pack out for the cup in two thousand nine. That was a ton of fun.
1: That's a cool experience. I got oh, the, it
0: cool? That I, was cool. I was
1: lucky enough. I've done it once. I did the McDavid year. So that was wild to see all those cards. I remember Grant up on a ladder taking a picture of all 99 McDavid. So there's a somewhere there's a picture of that. I don't know if we put that online, but no, that was cup, cup packouts, It's a lot of work, but it's a cool experience for sure.
0: A lot of work, a lot of fun for sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, BM says, does Upper Deck consider doing something again similar to the Supreme Hard Court? back from 2018 i'll let you answer that and then I'll open. i'll show you this pack because there's a cool card in here and then some more packs
1: sweet um yeah uda handled hardcore so that's kind of our branch of the company that does like our sign memorabilia pieces um so they they they're the ones that kind of handle that sort of stuff but um i'm sure they're always thinking of new sort of things to do similar to hardcore i thought that set was awesome i love that set. it was great to see you know, pieces of Jordan and LeBron in their bulls uniform and calves and everything else. So yeah, I'm sure they're thinking of some other things to do with that.
0: Okay. There you go. There you go. BM. Okay. So quickly, I've got this uh, mini of Dominica Sibolkova, a tennis player. Nice. And then here's a cool card. It's the, it's, I haven't seen one of these yet. It's one of these lenticulars that nice object, unfortunately, isn't great, but it's a boxer a boxer, Jamie. Manguya. Mong- And I can't tell if it's, (laughs) I I can't tell if that's a a female or a male. Um, Oh, he, he earned a unanimous decision. So this is a box, this is a, sorry, but Hey, I'm just, it's a boxing card, but it's one of these lenticulars. It's really cool actually. Yeah.
1: So those cards, yeah, those turned out great. It's like uses the splash of color, that colorful design, on the lenticular. Those are tied to our bounty for that. So you're going to want to look for the versions that have the codes on the back. Um, and you could get a Tiger Woods auto if you collect all 50 of those bounty cards. So that's a nice prize on that one. This
0: doesn't doesn't seem to have that bounty thing on it, but yeah, so be there's
1: versions with or without. But I would say real quick, don't sleep on the boxers in Goodwin. Last year, we had a guy named Ryan Garcia, a young a young boxer, um, and and at release time for that set, it was probably like a five ten dollar card. You fast forward about a year later, the guy is now I think seventeen or eighteen and oh, and those cards are about hundred and fifty bucks. Wow. So you never know with these Goodwin subjects, they may they may blow up. So we try to we try to find some young talent. So you never know. That guy might might be something big down the road.
0: All right, cool. I'm gonna throw up uh Steven's comment while I open up this pack. You can check it out. What he's saying, he bought a he hit a Rayom card a while. Oh, this pack has two minis in it. That's weird. Hmm. So we got a big boy base. I I, I showed this. This is a funny uh, a funny base card of Wayne Gretzky right there. I showed it earlier. but I'll show it again. Sorry. Oh yeah. Not. I'm sure the fellows would would have given him a hard time on that back in the day. So another <laughs> mini of Bianca Andreescu and a mini of John Bucci Gross, media personality. All right. Yes, yeah, ESPN uh, analyst.
1: TSN. You, you, if you, we need to get some TSN guys in there.
0: Yes. Okay. We have a relic card here. But first we have, oh, there's the same guy in a Gaudi, Gaudi Parallel. Then we have, oh, here's another Gretzky base card. That's kind of cool. And then we have a relic card of actor Steven Root, nice. who was one of my favorite characters in the movie Office Space back in the day. Love
1: so that,
0: it. That's kind of neat. That'll go in the hit pile. You know what? I mean, anytime, I think it might be time to unleash the. Uh, hold on. Let, let's go through the. Let's go through the comments, and then we'll say. Try not to make comments, guys. We'll do the trivia question. Give everyone some time to figure out that answer, and whoever gets that answer into the comments first is going to win. That's right, Scott Milton. That was his name. I forgot, yeah. I forgot his name. Milton, for sure. He did some inscriptions for us. For
1: I think he inscribed like my stapler or red stapler. There's there's office space inscriptions of Stephen Root in Goodwin. So yeah, we love that. We love that guy. We were super super happy to have him in the set.
0: That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Chris West said he is a fun ploy. I think he was talking he was talking about you or Billy for sure. Uh, D says, "Do you or Billy need an apprentice? I'll clean up the Mountain Dew bottles." <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> Uh, We can. hey if you're
1: if we 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 have interns we we have interns that come in if you ever want to get an internship if anyone's you know going to school and needs to do an internship we upper deck does offer them so keep that in mind
0: there you go garcia is incredible so there you go with that um brian says i figured out why billy has been saving those mountain dew bottles he's saving them to insert them as the next as a mountain dew acetate insert set yeah that would uh that would be fine. That would be fine. Jason would just take the Wayne. Well, if you win, Jason, you get the Wayne and everything else too, for sure. Um, any plans for more announcer or coach cards and products?
1: Uh, we're always open to it if it if it makes sense. Um, you know, if there's the right if there's the right name that we want to put in there, um, especially in Goodwin, that's where you might see like an, a more announcer cards and stuff like that. So yeah, always, always, uh, always a possibility.
0: Yeah, Give him a red stapler parallel says Scott. Yeah. Yeah. I believe you have my, I know office space. One of my favorite movies ever. Oh yeah. He saves the bottles for the synergy greens. That makes sense. We have an autograph. It is a basketball player by the name of Cole Anthony. Nice. Very cool.
1: So Holt, you know, whoever ends up winning this uh, watch the NBA draft, you know, it'll be coming up. He's. Most likely going to be an NBA draft pick, so uh, big potential with those type of cards. You know, you've got there's some pretty cool names every year. We're trying to we're trying to keep that going with Goodwin. So uh,
0: and ch- check out that autograph, guys. That is one gorgeous full name, beautifully scripted autograph. This guy sure knows how to sign his name. Well, I think uh, he's a North Carolina guy because
1: I saw some people commenting that uh, Kobe White you know, who's a Chicago bull and the North Carolina guy, his is literally just CW and, and his teammate gave us CA. So they, they, they must be practicing their, their audit, their, their penmanship together. But yeah, you'd yeah. hope for a little more, but if he ends up being a stud, it won't matter.
0: Okay. Next up, we have a Gaudi parallel of Jason Dominguez. Nice. Speaking mm-hmm. of studs, big, big hype on that guy. Oh yeah. Tons of hype on him. He's, he's, Oh, here's a, a second card of the Tiger, so that's kind of neat. It's just a base card, though. It's just a, a standard base yeah. card. Right? Exactly. Yep. Okay, we're down to three more packs out of 20.
1: see what we finish up with.
0: We have a, a color burst of Mark Henry, strongman Mark Henry. But yes. Just a color burst. That's just a base card. We have a nice model card. I mean, she's pretty, Jenny Andrade. Johnny Andrani, that's a bi- Billy.
1: Billy uh, helped us with that. That's a, a UFC ring girl. So he, he's a good scout for that. He always tells us which ones we should try to get deals with. So um,
0: yeah, thank you again, Billy. Thank you, Billy. All right. Uh, Yam says that Cole Anthony played in Australia rather than college. Maybe why he's not as well known. Oh, okay. There we go. But Stephen says he played in North Carolina. Maybe I so.
1: I thought he was North Carolina maybe he did play overseas at some point too but
0: I thought hey, he was pack, this pack doesn't seem to have a hit so we're down. but it does have which is interesting no hits but it does have both Tiger Woods base cards in it so that's kind of neat all right yeah I mean hey Tiger Woods last pack it's a thin one maybe that means something I don't know I don't want to never you. know with this product. You never know. never know. Let's see. Hopefully there's something good for the winner here, guys. And then we'll figure out who the winner is. And uh, Maybe nothing great. Another Casey Mize uh, Color Blast card.
1: Very cool. Yeah, he just came up and made his Major League debut for the Tigers. So see how he does. I think he did pretty well
0: his first start. Another uh, Ken Jennings, the Jeopardy guy, the Jeopardy winner that's a base card so that's that's uh that's it for for the packs everybody as for the hit stack so let's just review we've got she i have her in the hit stack but i don't think she does. she's actually in that so we have a couple of these color blasts we have some some of these gaudi uh parallels we have the cole anthony autograph oh we do have the three hits we have the steven root uh relic card and then we have the lenticular uh jamie Manguya uh boxing card so we do have that—a bunch of minis, including probably one of the better minis you can get, which is this Tiger Woods Lumberjack. So these are pretty rare, the Lumberjacks, are they not?
1: They are definitely. Yeah, that's a nice hit. You got a good, one of the best subjects you could get with Tiger.
0: Yeah, and then a bunch of a uh, bunch of other uh, kind of inserty kind of stuff, or parallels and minis and that. So, thank you, Depper Deck, for the box. Now let's give these away, and I'll get them out of my house here uh, next this week, coming up sometime. So. Tony has a question, everybody. We have about, we have over 50 people watching right now. If you're watching on YouTube, I do believe you have a 10-second advantage here. So, Tony, you are going to tell the question to the crowd. And um, the first person to put it in the comments that I see. Now, unfortunately, you guys just have to trust me because only I can see them. Because I'm getting the comments in one stream from Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So, I will be honest, I tell you that. And uh, let's do it. So what is the question? And uh, let's, uh, let's start seeing some answers pour in.
1: Okay. So the question is, it, is, it relates to the Goodwin product. Uh, there's an insert this year uh, called Jordan's Curtain Call. And it's an insert themed around uh, a charity basketball game uh, that Jordan played in uh, while he was retired. Um, it was the last sports event at the old Chicago stadium. Like immediately after that game uh, happened or, or ended, they started tearing down the stadium. So Jordan came out of retirement at the time uh, and played really well. But the trivia question is how many points did he score in that charity game?
0: Okay. That might be tough to figure out. Not like anyone's going to, well, Hey, if someone knows this off the top of their head, that's impressive. <laughs> Major Complex, welcome to the show, says 100. That's the first answer we have. And he's watching on Twitter. So that tells me that Twitter is really quick to, to get this feed. Is, is 100 correct, uh, Tony? It is
1: not 100. No, it's that's a little too high. There's only one player that's ever scored scored 100 in a game. It was not Jordan. But we that's another a winner. question.
0: We have <laughs> a winner because you did tell me before the show started what that points total was. Yes. So I'm gonna go through all the answers that have come up in order. This is the order that they come up in my feed. I'm just gonna give it a few seconds to make sure that everything's loaded. So, okay. So the first answer was 100, false. False. Next next response, 43. False. Next response, 44. Incorrect. 45. Incorrect.
1: 38.
0: Incorrect. 52. Bingo. Bingo. B-M, you are the winner of these cards tonight. Congratulations to you. I don't know who you are. So uh, based on your your name, please reach out to me. Let me actually shoot. I haven't had the banner going all night. I totally forgot to have the ticker going tonight. So you can reach out to me right there on Instagram or on Twitter. Instagram, I'm Lee underscore cards. On Twitter, you can reach me at sportscardsliv L-I-V-1. So just... Reach out to me on either of those formats, BM, identify yourself, and um, let me know that that was you.
1: <laughs>
0: Thank you. Okay, we had a several more. I will let Rod Jameson know you were three answers later. You were close. You had the number, but you were just a little bit after. So were you, Corey Wilson. You got it right, but you were later on. LG, you were a little bit late, a little bit late. Who else came in? Uh, we had a ton of answers, guys. Thanks, everyone, for putting your answers up there. No one else gets it right until we get to Georgetown Vintage, had it right, but you were way late. Card Killer, welcome to the show. What is going on here? That little funky. Little, little funkiness happening here. Here we go. We seem to be back. Card Killer, yo to you. Guys, follow Card Killer on Instagram. He's got a great Instagram account, really cool stuff. I've been a follower f- probably for over a year now, card killer. What else? Who else do we have? Well, okay, so we have some congratulations to BM. Everyone's saying congratulations. Good for you. Yes, thank you. You will reach out. Awesome. Norman Marr, thanks for the great show. Thank you. You are welcome for that. Thank you to Tony. So, guys, we are almost – we're at the two-hour mark. We're at an hour 55. Perfect time to bring this to an end. Everyone, if you're watching, remember – We're coming back on in 35 minutes with the After Hours show. My guest is going to be Carlos from the Because I'm Carlos YouTube channel. A great channel. Check it out. He's going to come in. We're going to sit here and we're going to to shoot the poop for a little while. We're going to talk a bit about this episode with Tony. All good stuff. Got a few other ideas planned. So be sure to come back in 35 minutes. It's going to be uh, the episode is already loaded up on YouTube, ready for you to click into. Sports Cards Live, After Hours, the first ever episode premieres in 35, 34 minutes from right now. I will be back with Carlos, and we're going to hang out. So I hope to see many of you guys back. Tony, thank you on behalf of myself, this show, Sports Cards Live. Thank you on behalf of all the all the viewers, all the audience. You know, it is, as I've said before, it's awesome having you. Guys, if you want to follow Tony, he can be followed on Twitter at tsiriani 6 That's where you can follow Tony on Twitter. And I'm going to put up, uh, I'll leave that running for a minute. And then upcoming episodes, guys. This coming Wednesday, Rich Klein, who's a veteran hobbyist. He's written for all the publications. He does some work with Com C right now. He's going to be my guest. I'm expecting an amazing episode with him filled with insights and wisdom. The man has been around. He knows his stuff and he's on other shows on YouTube. Uh, So be sure to check that out. On September 2nd, the Urschel brothers, these are guys that are collectors that collect monumental patches from the cup. Specifically, they have over 80 of these things. They're gonna be on, we're gonna talk, it's gonna be a collector, uh, kind of a collector highlight episode. We're gonna talk about, yeah, it's gonna be a collector's. Epi- you know, I, I started out the show by having collector spotlight episodes and industry insiders. And I used to do the industry guys on Saturdays and the collectors on Wednesdays. That's all been jumbled up because of scheduling reasons but we're gonna have another, it's been a lot of industry insiders recently. So it's gonna be another nice collector's episode with the Urschel brothers coming up. And then September 9th, Stephen LaRoche, former Beckett editor and uh, a cardback writer and a writer in general will be joining. And then September 12th, Upper Decks, Chris Carlin will be joining me to talk about kind of doing good in the hobby and helping out our fellow collector and all that. He's been through some stuff with his family recently so we're going to be addressing that and just really spreading some good words, some good positive hobby and collector energy, which I love to spread. So check all those out. Back to the comments before we sign off for the night. And this is where we get a lot of thank yous to you, Tony. So I want you to stick around for this and let's just see what everyone is saying. Sean Abrigella, thanks for the show. Thank you, Sean, for tuning in. Legion, appreciate your viewership as always. Thank you so much. D Cabral, Interesting as always. Thank you. Appreciate it. Glad you found it interesting. Tony, uh, sorry, Scott says, Tony, thanks so much. Love the insight and hope to see lots of Patrick Waugh inserts and parallels in your products. He only said it like a dozen times, Tony, so you better deliver, all right? You better. I made
1: sure to write, I made sure to take the note. I, I got it. I hear you loud and clear. More awesome. Patrick
0: Waugh. There you go, Scott. There you go. Jason Field. Thanks, guys. Great show. Thank you, Jason, for tuning in. Appreciate you checking it out. Anyone, if you're new to the show, thank you for joining. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Georgetown. Thank you so much. Rod says, thanks, Tony. Rod's a guy that breaks a lot of products. So thank you, Rod, for joining in. Al, Al G. Great show again. Thanks for all the info. Al, a pleasure to have you, as always, my friend. Ernie. Great show. Thanks, Tony. Thank you, Ernie, for joining. Dave Hart. Awesome show, guys. Thank you, Dave. Eric Westrom. Thanks for the show. See you in After Hours. We'll see you in After Hours. Thank you, Eric. Uh, Sorry, Paul. Thanks for the show. Dirk Graham and Batman Forever. There we go. (laughs) Brian McDonald. Another great show and guest. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Scotty Couldn't Be Happier. Just finished my stature rainbow of Patrick Wall. That's the end of the comments for tonight, guys. We will be back, as I mentioned, on Wednesday with Rich Klein. We'll be back even sooner in 35 minutes on After Hours. Check it out. It's ready. The It's open to be joined, but I will be hitting the go live button at probably 10.30 on the nose. We will see you all there. Who knows? Welcome, and thank you for, for commenting. D Cabral, thank you again as always. Tony, stay right there. Everybody, thank you again. We'll see you all very soon. Great episode. Thanks, everybody.
1: Thanks, everyone.
0: It just spins for a couple seconds while I wait to make sure it's over. We could still be live. I'm not exactly sure. (laughs)
1: Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends.